do it. We started it with Pink Floyd, we ended it with Pink Floyd. Cyphodia. <laughs> Ah, season six in the books. Yeah. Yeah. Technically the end of the series. You know, it was a fitting way to go away for four or five years. Yeah. Five, six years. Yeah. Man, I am so happy I did not get into the series until, until yeah. like I did. Yeah. I'd be I'd be very sad right now. I like I watched this. Uh, I think I must have watched this episode for the first time in like 2016, 17. Okay. And even back then, I was like, "You got to be kidding me! This is what they went out on? Yeah. Like it's a good episode and all, but geez." And then, little did I know, a few short years later, it came roaring back. Oh, it came roaring back. <laughs> so we still got a season to go here, but now I've seen. The first four episodes of the next season. However, we are going to be viewing in a slightly different order. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Okay. The reason, fair listener, the reason I've seen those is because prior to Bad Batch coming out, I watched the Bad Batch arc. So yes. I, I got accustomed to the characters. Yeah, to see the, the preamble. Yeah. I needed to know what was going on there with them. Um, And it didn't really spoil much for me, no. except for Trench is somehow alive. <laughs> Which... He shows up recently, and they still have not explained yeah, it. Yep. So maybe they'll explain it at some point in season seven. Um, I told you I had a, a clip that I grabbed, <laughs> yes. and it has nothing to do with anything, but are you ready for it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's all enjoy it, too. <laughs> huh? uh, <laughs> now, see, this is what the holidays are all about. Three buddies sitting around you. <laughs> 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 Let's all enjoy a chew. This is what the holidays are all about. Three buddies sitting around chewing gum. We huh? just, Bree and I have been wa- like working our way through Seinfeld, and yeah. we literally just watched that episode like a week or two ago. And that line came up, and I died. <laughs> it's so and, like Bree, Bree laughed too, but she was like, "Why do you think that is so funny?" <laughs> Three friends sitting around enjoying <laughs> a chew, <laughs> chewing gum. Yes. Let's all have a chew. <laughs> yeah, let's all enjoy a chew. Huh? <laughs> uh-huh. Now, see, this is what the holidays are all about. Three buddies sitting around chewing gum. <laughs> this is a perfectly sane food to eat. <laughs> uh, anyways, welcome to the Clone Cast. Welcome to the Clone Cast. I'm Tom. I'm Adam. What we do here is we're reviewing that goddamn Clone Wars show in chronological order. This is my first time through. This is Adam's uh, infinite time yeah. through. Uh, we are on season six, episode 13, the close of season six. And that would be what the hell is it called? Sacrifice. That's right. 
Sacrifice. No sacrifice. Anyways, um, so that's what we're going to be reviewing. But normally what we do first is we bullshit for 20 to 40 minutes and then get right on into that episode. There you go. Um, so what's going on here? Nothing. What's going on with you? Not much. Yeah? Fighting with the urge to cancel that order I just placed. <laughs> so you've, you've ordered the gunship. I have ordered the gunship. Canceled it. And then I ordered it again. And this is so... I understand reluctance in canceling an order until I realize that you're getting it at a discount because of your employee discount. Yes, I have an employee discount and my employer has posted it on the website. And so I applied my discount. So I was like, well, you're probably going to end up just impulsively buying it anyways. Yeah, you might as well. So I might as well get it while I can get the discount. But then I'm also like, "Ah, I don't know, spending that much on a Lego set. Just wait, at least wait until it comes. Then it, it's over. And then if you still don't like it, you can turn around and sell it for a profit. All right. We'll see. <laughs> I'm going to let it come. Yeah. I'll let it come. Maybe <laughs> you'll get one of those misprint ones. Those are probably out of commission by now, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the one I got. It's got the Imperial logo on it instead of the Republic logo. Yeah. Apparently. That's what I've read. I, I, don't, uh, I don't even know if those are selling it at like a premium or anything like that. Really? I just saw that it was misprinted, so... I'm sure at some point down yeah. the road they'll be going for a little more. Yeah. What's so new I'm with you? To, I'm going to have to buy another one. It's just so I can build that and then wait on the other one. This fucking guy. <laughs> so what's new with you? What's going on here? Nothing. Just been doing stuff around the house. We had uh, furnace issues <laughs> the other day. Oh, yeah. Um, our furnace has been... It's been acting weird. Like it's And it's been frigid this last week. In the Twin Cities. This weather fucking sucks, man. Yeah. It's been very cold. But we've had, like, our furnace has been, it's been working, it's been running, but it's just been, like, acting weird. Like, it'll, like, we'll hear it be on, and then it'll turn off, and then immediately kick back on. Short cycling. Yeah. So, I looked up a bunch of stuff online. I, like, went down and cleaned the, like, cleaned the flame sensor, and, like, that type of stuff I feel comfortable enough doing got to get in there and clean that flame sensor um but then we woke up this week and it was uh like our thermostat was set to 68 Uh and the temperature was like 65 so it just wasn't coming up to temperature and then brie brie was like hey i've been reading stuff um i think we might need to change the the filter on the on the furnace or like air filter and I was, was like, just we just, I was like, we just changed that. I was like, there's no way that's what the yeah, issue you changed, is. You're supposed to change those like a couple times a year, I think. Well, and that's what I thought. I was like, we changed, we had to have changed ours in like August. And we looked back and it was like in July or something. Yeah. And she was like, no, I think like, I think it could be that. And I was like, all right, fine. I was like, well, all right, I'll humor you. Let's go down. And like, sure enough, we pulled it out and it was like jet black. Seriously? Like, yeah. I was like, oh, I am very wrong in this situation. Why the hell is it doing that so quick? I don't know. Aren't you having a guy come to look at it? Yeah. So that guy, he, we have a guy coming uh, to look at the furnace tomorrow. And then as a Christmas gift, Bree's parents got us a guy to come and clean our ducks. So oh. after that, uh, I feel like everything should be should be good. There you go. How's your water heater? Uh, so far, so good. Good water but heater? It's it's old, so we're going to probably have to replace it at some point. You got air conditioning? We got air conditioning. We got central air. How's that? New air conditioner. Oh, new air or conditioner. Or newer. So 
we don't yeah. have to worry about that. The weird thing is like our basement is unfinished at this point, and eventually we'd like to like finish it and add a bathroom down there because like that would elevate the value of the property. But every like utility <clears throat> piece of the house is spaced out in a different section of the basement. Yeah, like I would love it if everything was like contained in one corner, so I could like make a utility room. Yeah, and then have the rest open, but. We're not so lucky. Well, Digi butter. Yeah. These are definitely first world problems. For sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you got to cross your fingers on that furnace. Oh, yeah. that If you got to replace the furnace, you're not going to be li- buying any Lego sets for a while there, no, buddy. No, 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 no. That's your spendy treat. <laughs> yeah. That's your big boy. Those are the things that we're just waiting. We know something like that is going to happen. Yeah, like, I once replaced you buy a house, everything yeah. in this place at this point, and... Then, like, once you replace all the, the that stuff, you're kind of looking around and, oh, the kitchen tiles are chipping. Yeah. This. It's just endless, man. Yep. I, I mean, I, you know, I guess it, it holds value, though, so it's better than renting if you can do it. But Yeah. I have been tempted to, because all of our appliances are pretty old, and we don't have a dishwasher. So it's like every single night before I can, like, actually check out and play video games. Like, yeah, I'll go and do dishes for 45 minutes to an hour. So I've been very tempted. Do you have a like, dishwasher or are you, are you are you manual dish guy? Oh, it's manual. We oh, don't have a dishwasher. No dishwasher. So uh, manual dish guy. But I've come close to just like saying, fuck it. And just like impulse buying a dishwasher and trying to install it. Yeah, they got so great financing deals at like Best Buy. Warner Stallion. Yeah, Warner Stallion. <laughs> if you get something in Warner Stallion this month. Um, they donate a certain amount to charity. Oh, really? Yeah, so there's your excuse to go buy a dishwasher. That might be the thing that does it. Yeah. Um, all their profit to charity. Highly unlikely. Uh, but no, I heard a commercial where the Warner Stallion gal uh, was saying that uh, this month, the uh, thing, I don't know, whatever. It's so crazy. That, like, where are you like hearing commercials? Because I don't listen to the radio or watch I have K-Fan on. I, I've been listening to K-Fan more lately just because the Vikings fired Zimmer and Spielman. Oh, right. And so I'm just, they hired a GM today. I was and, just going to ask, yeah. did they, like, settle on somebody? Yeah. Didn't he come in from, like, the Browns? Yeah. Okay. And he's more of, like, an analytic guy, and he worked on, like, Wall Street and shit. Okay. So I, they're going this like they're a, going new age. Is this, like, a Moneyball situation? Yeah, I think they're going <laughs> new age. We're going to be doing the new age stuff now. Like, Jonah Hill is going to be playing yeah. him in a movie. Like the, the head coach is just going to be a guy with a fucking graphing calculator <laughs> just sitting there like <laughs> punching the numbers. on like, do you know what we need in a new head coach? Someone that can tell us the difference between sine, cosine and tangent. Yes. Yeah. Somebody that can read a graph. <laughs> we need a graph guy. So, yeah, I've been listening to KFN more just while this gets processed through. Uh, but I'll quickly tire of that and I'll go back to... Um, Staring aimlessly at my computer screen. <laughs> what I have been doing a lot lately is, hey, let's just get this out of the way. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Now, come on, get to it. I would like to see the baby. Perhaps they are kind of My grandpa always told me, don't watch your credits. Watch your health. Mark! Mark! What the age? A fine addition to my collection. What the age? Okay, so what I have been doing a lot this week at work is, like, I'll do a little bit of work, and then I'll walk into the living room, and I'll start doing... I'll be working on bags of the cantina set. 
<laughs> so <laughs> I reward myself by doing some work, and then I go and I just you know I lace I I do a couple I do a page or two, and then yeah, I go yeah. back to work. And I've slowly been putting that cantina set together. Oh, it's coming along. It is coming along. It's going to be done the next few days. Now, the authorian historian and myself, uh, he opened his as well. And we were like, well, we'll do a bag a day. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. I was in the mood and I did like four bags. <laughs> now I've probably lapped him twice. I'm on bag 12 of like 18 or 19, I think it is. Um, but Thorian Historian, you will be very excited when you open bag 12. How ex- Actually, bag 11. Bag How- 11, he is going to be a very happy boy. Describe the feeling, because you've been sitting on that set since Christmas. So what was it like cracking the seal on that and then just watching the endless bags There was a second box in the box. I know! It was massive. Now, I've done, <laughs> I've done sets that are like 1,200, 1,300, so like a larger set, but not super huge. And those, you know... It was yeah. it wasn't super daunting, but this was just kind of knocked me on my ass. This is a thirty two hundred piece set. Yeah, oh, it takes a while. Mom pulled through on the Christmas <laughs> gift. Uh, it's very exciting. Uh, but um, I have you know I've been sitting on some sets for a while, and then like I said, once I crack one open, I just kind of go on a run. So I've built a lot this week. I built my Imperial shuttle. Yep. Um, and I also built the Sonic set, the Green Hill Zone set. Now, it looks really cool. We're looking at it now. It looks great, but I fucking did not like building this set. Why? It's got a lot of one brick, like, little yeah. pieces. Tons of them. Yeah. Like, so when it says it's a 1,200-piece set, it's like, yeah, it is. But a lot of those are just tiny little <laughs> yeah. blocks, and you have to stack them on top of each other. My fingers hurt so fucking uh. bad. <laughs> Like, I don't like the little pieces. You should have pulled the clip from Happy Gilmore. Yeah, my fingers hurt. My fingers hurt. Well, now your back's going to hurt because <laughs> you got to lift a fucking cantina up your ass. Um, no, but it was just, it's it's a cool-looking set, and I like it a lot. And the end of it, they have two little prongs still sticking out. So I think they're setting up the next one to that be you'll continued. be able to connect yeah. to, it, which would be Chemical Zone, I believe, is the next level in the Sonic series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just too many little pieces. It looks cool. Um, I'll say that. But if you hate little pieces, it's not the set for you. Yeah, that Dr. Robot, it looks pretty cool, though. It is. Yeah. I mean, it was. It, I built it in one night. It wasn't super hard yeah. to build. It was just, but I'm telling you, those little tiny pieces, man. You give me too many of those, man. <laughs> I start getting frustrated. I was like screaming at myself, you know? <laughs> Anyways, um,. Oh, Twin Sons uh, tweeted us the Seinfeld set. Uh, tripped across that oh, when they were at the nice. retail store day, and I was like, "Oh, I'm with you." And I sent the picture of the old Seinfeld set there. Man, this is a ridiculous <laughs> setup that we got here. <laughs> Just a couple thirty-year-old guys playing with Lego sets, building Legos, and chewing some gum. You got a toy that came in today. Yes, I did. You're still, I, you know, I thought you were done ordering shit to my house, but today there was just a little package. I was like, "Ooh, I got something." Uh, no, I've taken a step back on Black Series. This was a good one. Only why don't you tell us about only it? ones that like fire off the price alert that speak to me are the ones that I'll pull the trigger on now. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I vouch for this one. I think this was a solid so. In pull. The, this one, this has been hovering around like forty bucks for a while, and it's just kind of like slowly come down. So I got a yeah. Commander Bly. It's cool looking. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just like I don't know. It's the, the I need to complete sets. Yeah. So I feel like I want to collect all of the clone commanders yeah. that are available. And I got 
pretty much all the other ones, except Rex, because he's selling for like $150 or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. You got that. Poncho Rex from Bad Batch. I got Poncho Rex from Bad Batch. I got Bly. I got Gree. Fox. Yeah, the clone commanders, they all got some cool shit going on. Man. Yeah. Captains and the commanders. They're unique. They're interesting For sure. looking. But um, yeah, that's finally, and the Arc Troopers, Echo and Fives. And, that finally dropped down to like $23. Oh, so you got to get that. To, yeah, yeah. Oh, you can't deny that. I did get a Qui-Gon Funko Pop. <laughs> it's like a new Amazon one that's an Amazon exclusive. And oh, it was like, okay. it was 12 bucks. And I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah. So he's over there by Cad Bane. Um, yeah, there he is. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm really in a Qui-Gon mood lately. This last like, arc. I, yeah. Yeah. I declare this house a house of Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's my house. Those are my two guys. Uh-huh. I like them both. God, I would have loved to see their dynamic had Qui-Gon not, not met his tragic end. Yeah. Well, if you ever learn to read, you'll be able to read Master and Apprentice. Yeah. And that's a good boy. That's yeah, a good yeah. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, anything else for Collectible Corner? I think that's it for now. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe by the time next time we record, it might have that cantina built. Oh. We're going to figure out a place to put that massive monster. And so you had you had mentioned it's not like the minifigs all come in one of the no, it's one like, of the bags. No, each bag gets a new minifig, it yep. seems like. It's kind of what the pace around. Although the Bith Jizz Band, um, all three of them came together. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, they were all in the same bag. But... Uh, Thorian Astorian, bag 11. Oh, you're going to be excited. <laughs> he is going to be a happy boy. So work your way to bag 11 and get a hit of dopamine. Um, all right. Uh, what else do we got here today? We do have some mail. Um, if we want to do that. Should we do that? Yeah. Should we do the mail? Let's do the mail. Okay. That wasn't the mail. This is message after the message greetings exalted one oh. allow me to introduce myself but ciao alright so we got two pieces of mail um should we do one or two first which one do one one. Okay. This is from Lexus. This is the first time we've heard from Lexus. Yes. Uh, I've interacted with Lexus for a while on Twitter, though. Uh, Force Priestess. Um, so Lexus checked in, just said, Tom, please tell us which mindful app, mindfulness app you use. Sincerely, someone trying to be more mindful, a.k.a. Force Priestess on Twitter and Lexus outside of Twitter. So uh, I did mention in that one episode that, like, uh, Yoda was the mindfulness app of because he just pops in with like some yeah. philosophy every now and then, and he's gone again. But I do use. I responded uh, uh, in the email, but I use the mindfulness app. Yep. for mindfulness. It's got like um, it's got meditation programs on there. But if you leave your push notifications on for it, it will give you like positive affirmations throughout the day. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Currently, my push notifications are off for it, so I'm fucking miserable. But um, have you been keeping up with it too? <sighs> Uh, I've been here and mess I'll, with my I'll meditation. Take that as a no. Yeah, I haven't meditated for a few days. Yeah, one well, of these times I'll start doing it every well, day. Well, and also I'm I'm very guilty of that too. Like I will, I'm the first one to tell anyone that's stressed out, like, oh, you should meditate yeah. more. It's great. It clears your mind. It, it can, like, well, I mean, you're the guy you that at rest, and then like I never yeah. do it myself. You're the guy that did one yoga session and felt like he was on top of the world and never, never did, did it, it again. again. <laughs> 
make sense of that. You find something that literally makes you feel like a million bucks. Yep. And you're just like, eh. <laughs> I could do something else with my What time. am I going to do? Feel like a million yeah. bucks every day? I'm just going to go change these filters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun stuff. So, yes, Lexus uh, Mindfulness app. The Mindfulness app is really great. Yeah, I think um, you originally suggested that to yep. me. The, there's also Calm, I think, is one. So, in Calm, I got into... Calm is a weird one because, like, Calm was a domain called calm.com, and I remember I stumbled onto it early. Like, I think I found it in, like, 2012 or something like that, and it was just something that I don't know how I came across it, but when I was stressed out at work, I would go to calm.com, and it was literally, like, it had three different just white noise sounds that you could click on. Mm -hmm. So it would be, like, rain, river, ocean, or something like that. And it would just play that sound. And then, of course, they figured out, like, oh, our website traffic traffic is through the roof, so people would probably pay for this. Well, I think Calm has gotten so huge to the point that, like, LeBron invested in it. Yes. Like, they became a commodity. Yeah. And, like, and they... I, I heard a Calm commercial for K- during yes. K-Fan uh, yeah. one of the, uh, recently. But it literally used to be you could just go to Calm.com. Like hit enter and then like an ocean sound would start playing. Yeah, and now it's I like I miss I miss early internet like that. Oh, I know. Hold on, let me check something here. I, this is early internet here. Hamsterdance.com. Let's <laughs> what? Yeah, 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 it's gone. And now you have to choose Hamsterdance. Hampton the hamster. Remember when it was it's just a ham- great song. Oh, I spelt it wrong. It's hamsterdance.com. Let's see if it. Was it going to load? Oh, 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 it's thinking about it. I don't know what's going on here. I mean, we should reserve hamsterdance.com. <laughs> it's going to get some hits. I don't think it's, I think it's gone. That's too bad. Anyway, yes, the early days of the internet were yeah. so, so much more innocent. Yeah, I remember like AOL had uh, one of like the like AOL four or five, they introduced a function of like building your own website. Yeah, yeah. And it was like AOL.homestead, your username.com or something like yep. that. And I just, I, I was really excited about my website and I like showed kids at like the computer lab at school. Yeah. Like, and my website was like a MIDI file of fucking, I don't know, like Final Countdown by Europe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And on top of that, it was just pictures of Beavis and Butthead. Oh, yeah. No, like I just remember, JPEGs of Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> I remember it must have been like 1997. I was in like... I think seventh grade or something like that. And like there was one kid in my class, I think his, his name was Josh. And he was like, Oh here, check this out. I just made my own website. And I was like, what? And he like brought me to like Josh.com or whatever he like had as a domain that was like, I'm sure worth millions of dollars at yeah. this point. But it was like, he scrolled through and it was like a background of stars and he had the uh, the green weird monster from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay. And then uh, it was just like top ten list of girls I like. And it was like, <laughs> oh my god, you're like a genius. You're a hacker. <laughs> yeah, I still know how to insert an image. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. IMG underscore SRC oh, equals. You gotta put the brackets around that. Yeah, thing the brackets too. too. Yeah, yeah. But my website fucking rocked. I yeah. wonder if it's still there. Probably not. Is AOL still going? I don't know. I just got. It's m- funny. Every like two or three years, I'll see some like story that says like AOL sold by Time Warner to blah 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 for 
$10 billion. And I'm like, who the fuck is buying AOL for anything? Yeah. It's nuts to me. It's insane. I remember my grandpa or my step grandpa who was like an executive in Chicago. Like he made a lot of money. He, uh, (laughs) he like told me, and this was, this must've been in like 2014 or something like that. He told me his email address and it was like at AOL.com. And I was like, you're an executive. Yeah. Like you should know better than this by now. There's a lot of AOL still out there. It's nuts. Yeah. I don't know how it's hanging on. Yeah. Either way, uh, calm.com. Now you have to like select and like update your subscription and stuff, but it's still like, it's good to go to, to unwind. Yeah. I'm just trying to go listen to whale sounds. Headspace too is a great app for. I miss like downloading MIDI files as my form of like musical entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, those were the days. (laughs) Okay. But yeah. uh, Mindfulness app. Lexus. (laughs) Lexus. <laughs> we really deviated from that. So uh, one of the horsemen reached out to us, uh, Wade. I, this may He may not have listened to the previous episode where I shit all over his Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Poor Wade. I'm sorry, Wade. You know, he's a little behind, so that might actually be a good thing for him because then the, you know, uh, the wounds will heal a little before I rip that Band-Aid yeah, off, yeah. you know? Okay, so Wade wrote out. Wade Wade wrote to us. Um, hey Tom and Adam, I'm a little behind listening to the Lost Ones Part Two. You guys bring up Hulk Hogan. I couldn't resist sharing a story I heard from my friend in high school. <laughs> and so you're a big wrestling guy. I'm a big wrestling guy, and Wade just like confirmed a long-standing <laughs> wrestling rumor. So I don't know if there will be like litigation against us if Hulk ever gets his mitts on this. But if that's the case, we're going to go way above 100 listeners an episode. That'd be awesome. (laughs) Okay, so uh, he heard a story from his friend in high school. Uh, Her mom was a realtor or something back in the day for a ton of wealthy people. Now, Hulk actually used to wrestle here in the Twin Cities. So the Twin Cities was a wrestling hub for a while, was it not? The eight, I mean, wrestling used to be a territorial thing. So the AWA was the American Wrestling Association, headquartered by Vern Gagne, who was a Minnesota guy here. Um, and they started like a ton of huge careers. Like Ric Flair's originally from Minneapolis. Uh, Hogan got his like started the gang ground here. So there's it was a big thing. Um, so th- yeah, uh, Hogan did spend quite a bit of time in the Minneapolis area in the late seventies, early eighties. Um, but yeah, so her mom was a realtor or something back in the day for a ton of wealthy people. She got connected with Hulk Hogan and helped him find a place. Lovely. Very nice. She had a key to the place and ended up walking in on the Hulkster and another male wrestler in the bed. Must have been practicing for their next big match. (laughs) (laughs) Also, fun fact, my wife is friends with Molly Holly. Molly Holly was a, um... A wrestler in the Attitude Era of WWE. Ah, okay. She does, I believe Molly Holly does training at a school here now as well. Oh. She lives in like White Bear Lake or something like that. All right. Uh, There you go. That is all I know about pro wrestling. Please don't read this on the pod. It's a waste of time. (laughs) LOL. (laughs) You also texted me as soon as Wade sent us this, and you were like, Wade just sent me an email that made me so happy. (laughs) It's like, but I mean, one, fuck Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan's a piece of shit, okay? He's a fucking habitual liar. Like, Hulk Hogan's tall tales are like a thing of fucking just legend. I, yeah. Did I mention that? Maybe. I think you 
Yeah, yeah. He, he'll say shit like, you know, when I body slammed Andre at WrestleMania 3, Andre weighed 600 pounds. That's like, no, he didn't. He weighed like 350 pounds. Shut the fuck up. But like, Hogan has like any kind of like anything. Like, he says the best Hulk Hogan lie. He literally says this on the record. He said this, that Metallica asked him to join the band and be their bassist. <laughs> and they ran this by, like, Hogan claims that Metallica asked him to be the bassist. Somebody was interviewing Lars Ulrich, the drummer, yeah. for Metallica. And they're like, yeah, now, there's Hulk Hogan said something. <laughs> and he's like, I don't even know. I've never even fucking met Hulk Hogan. <laughs> But that's just the kind of shit that Hulk does. Yeah. So, one, he's a lying piece of shit. Two, he's just a fucking piece of shit because he's fucking, he's racist. Yeah. He's, uh, oh, he came out as anti-vax, which is yep. always very fucking exciting for him. Now, the thing with him, sleeping with, I mean, it's it's like, it's a rumor that's been thrown around the wrestling, like Hulk sleeping with yeah. other male wrestlers. Also, if he did. That's fine. Who gives a shit? I don't give a shit. Right. The thing I give a shit about is the fucking hypocrisy. Right. Also, so is it uh, like what is it that made him rocket to like the star of the wrestling world? He was a really big star in the AWA. Yes, but Vern never put the title on him. Okay, but Vince, like Hulk, was big, dude. You know, big bulk dude, steroided up. I don't know. Vince just kind of Vince McMahon saw him and was like, "Oh, I can do something with that," and so he signed Hulk, got him away from AWA, and then. They did the whole Hulkamania thing, like just say your prayers, take your vitamins, blah, 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 all that shit. It's nuts, though, that he is like the poster boy for wrestling for quite some time. I mean, for the 80s, yeah, he owns it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And but you had a cast of characters. The 80s had some strong characters. The 80s were very colorful, so like coming up as a kid in the 80s, when you're like five and you see Hogan or like the Ultimate Warrior, these like big dudes in these bright clothes they're like fucking just going ah you know it's very exciting but for like a kid. Hulk, they're, they're like literally like superheroes but you like know? hulk hogan crossed like he somehow crossed the barrier into like the zeitgeist of pop pop culture yeah like you didn't need to be a wrestling fan to know who no. hulk hogan was he and was I, the first he was the first wrestler that became transcendent of the sport right he became bigger than the sport. Yeah, and not I still feel like there's not too many wrestlers that have done that. Um Hogan. Yeah. Uh The Rock. Macho Man Randy Savage. He was big. Yep. Um The Rock obviously yep. is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Um I don't well like The Rock obviously end up like is the most successful outside of wrestling. Right. Stone Cold has had some success, Hogan had some success outside of wrestling, but like the Rock by far. Then there's like super big names like The Undertaker and stuff. But they've always kind of, he always stuck like close to right. the wrestling. But he never really branched out and did anything. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why it was just like the right time, the right gimmick, everything. And it all just kind of took off. Um, but, yeah, when the, when fucking waits, <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> holy shit. Rumor confirmed. Like, that's one of the. The hot rumors, you know, yeah. that wrestling fans are just, and I have the inside knowledge now. Yeah. 
our podcast listeners, friends from high school's mom, who was a realtor, worked with Hulk Hogan, and she caught Hulk Hogan in bed with another male wrestler. So take it from us. Not only are we the Star Wars podcast of record, we yeah. are now the Hulk Hogan podcast. We're the pro wrestling record. dirt sheet podcast of record. <laughs> And I, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm willing to bet it was Brutus of the Barber Beefcake. Yeah, you had mentioned that. Him and Hulk are very close, but they had a falling. They don't talk to each other anymore. That's sad. It's sad. Yeah. Poor Brutus. Old Bruti. <laughs> Everybody was always wondering, why is Brutus in these main events? <laughs> well. Okay. So we do have um, some tarot readings to get to from Liv, which we're going to save for the next episode. Yeah. So that will be very exciting. This is Yoda's Force Vision Tarot time, but we are going to do uh, the old Darth Kling Tarot time, Tarot Tarot time next episode. Yep. So, and we will be releasing our reasonable reaction to the last episode of Book of Boba Fett yeah. in the next few days. We're not going to do that now because I need to watch it at least two more times. Yeah, so we'll do that when we record this weekend. Yeah. The Book of Boba Fett? That's all I'll say. Yeah. Um... Okay, should we do the time warp? Yes. All right. Chibata bread. Chibata bread. Okay, so um, now I've run out of... <laughs> this is the last episode of season six. I've run out of things here. Um, so I just hearkened back to what I was complaining about last time was just being a Minnesota sports fan. So there's three dates of calamity, right? <laughs> there was the 1998-99 NFC Championship game. Gary Anderson. Gary, Ander miss Gary Anderson missing the field goal. Uh, and then there was the 2000-2001, I believe, NFC Championship. Is that against Buffalo? No, it was the New York Giants. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there was that calamity. It's 42 donuts is what it's called. Denny Gray acute. Denny Green accused them, them of spying. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing is, though, uh, you know, maybe they were stealing our play singles, but I don't see how that makes up for a 42 nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, if they, maybe like a couple plays or something, um, but oh, it's 41 nothing. Excuse me. I guess I have that. And then there was also the 2009-2010 NFC Championship game where Brett Favre they put a hit out on him. There was that, but we were going to win, and then um, we could have attempted a field goal. But we tried to get more yards, and Favre threw a very odd pass across his body, and it got intercepted. We went into overtime and yep. lost. And that's when they changed the overtime rules Yep, because of that game, because Favre never got a chance. And after the most recent games, everybody's saying, well, Josh Allen never got his chance, even though they changed the rules, and they might have to change them again now. We'll see. Um, but anyway, so I just kind of looked at those and I was like, okay, which one has the song that I want to play? <laughs> <laughs> and so we're going with the 2001 NFC Championship, right. January 14th. So do you want to do the movie or the song first? Let's do the song. Okay. This is her first appearance on the Time Warp, but I would say she's like the second biggest teeny bopper behind Britney Spears. Okay. What's the date again? I, I wrote down 114-2000, but the game is 114-2001. Okay. So it's in between there. I so, don't know which year. <laughs> so I'm going to say it's Christina Aguilera. Yes, it is. Is it Genie in a Bottle? No. Okay. so Better than that. Yes, I was going to say. Oh, uh, much better. Just hit it. Oh. Yes! Yeah. I love this song! 
song. It's so good. <laughs> I kept a very large clip of this because I loved this. I remember listening to this song in high school. Yes. And being like, being a high school male, I was like, I am not allowed to like this song, yeah. but I'm going to listen to it on repeat. Oh, I, I, to this day. I locked myself in my bedroom and I would just listen to this over yeah. and over and over again. <laughs> just rocking. <laughs> It's like, oh, it's so good. Ugh. It's so catchy. It is great. Listen to that hook. What the H? It's fucking amazing. You know, it's just. Listen to the background here. Whatever makes me Listen to the background part. I mean, this song fucking yeah. hits the spot. Um, I do, like, hindsight, I do love Baby One More Time. Hit Me Baby One More Time. Great song. Yeah. Oops, I Did It Again. Great song. Well, Lucky. Think, Lucky is a oh, great yeah. song. I think Britney evolved a lot more than Christina yeah. did. Christina has a couple songs. Oh, Christina has a ton of songs that are yeah. great. But I'm just saying, like, I feel like Britney Spears has more staying power in yeah. the long run. Yes. Uh okay, the number one movie. It okay. is a sequel starring Ice Cube. I think the original movie was probably Ice Cube's first big is acting role. Deep Blue Sea? No. Uh that's LL Cool. Oh J. no no no. <laughs> this is the This is uh uh yeah, you're right. Uh uh it's the sequel to Friday. So f- Friday next Friday. It's next Friday. Next Friday, yeah. yeah. Um yeah. Also, you want to hear a Tom fun fact for that week. Yeah. Um, I remember I spent the more the better part of that week in juvenile hall in downtown St. Oh, Paul. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I got out in time. I my whole concern was getting out in time for the NFC championship <laughs> game. <laughs> is, yeah. that the, is this that same same story that you had mentioned in previous episodes where you like checked yourself in? No. Oh checked myself in. Like, didn't you check yourself into a, the mental institution i was in juvenile hall here okay this was not the mental institution tom that's year a few years later so what happened in this time i was it did have to do with my mental health okay i had like a really big project i used to be very scared of public speaking okay and i had a very big project that i didn't work on much and it was a i had to give a presentation the next day and i was super stressed out my mom i was not well regulated i wasn't medicated at the time um so my mom i was very on edge all night my mom was very concerned about me and i was kind of in my room just like kicking stuff and like screaming and like did not want to give this speech right so my mom was very concerned about me she called she wanted to get me hospitalized because she was afraid i was gonna hurt yeah. myself i didn't want to leave though so when she called nine one one, i took the phone out of her hand and i hung it up that's right now as the person who's placing the call, she can hang up on 911 and it's you don't get in trouble for that. If you didn't place the 911 call, it's actually a gross misdemeanor called 911 interference. So instead of going to the hospital, uh, some cops showed up and they arrested me. And they 
they I tried to escape up to my room, but they grabbed me and slammed me on the hardwood steps and dragged me to downtown St. Paul. And yeah. Yeah, that's fun. So I spent uh, like two, three days in um, Juvenile Hall in downtown St. Paul, the detention center. And then I got my court date and they released me to my dad. And I made it home in time to watch the Minnesota Vikings lose 42 to nothing. So hold on. Did your dad pick you up in time or was that during like Advent or something and he had to get the Eucharist again? <laughs> no. So he was, he was on time. Late. Okay. He made the court date on time. <laughs> yeah. But I, I almost didn't get that court date in on that Friday. And so I would have had to spend the weekend then. And that would have been rough. I think I probably could have watched the game in the pod commune area, yeah, the communal yeah. area, but it wouldn't have been the same. Anyways. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. It's not fun being locked up. No, it I've wasn't. Only, I've only had to experience it once, and I will not want to do it again. Yeah. It's not fun. Um, but I will tell you that uh, it did. I never had a freak out on that level ever again. Hey, there you go. So I, I did learn my lesson from it. They're like, hey, maybe don't break stuff in your room and... You know. Yeah. But anyways, uh, what else do we got? We got anything else? On to lighter things. Shall we uh, get into this episode here? Yeah. All righty. Let's do it. Do it. Hello. General Kenobi. Hello, Charles. I love this song. It's good. This is by far my favorite Pink Floyd song. All that you touch. All that you see. Okay. The reason I chose it, though, is because we started with time. That's right. Off the Dark Side of the Moon album. This is the close of the Dark Side of the Moon album. And I actually think it's kind of fitting. Yeah. That song is kind of like a uh, uh, an awakening to a larger world around you. Yeah. Much like Yoda is going through in this episode. So, season six. Do you want to do your thing where you scream it? Season six. Episode 13. Sacrifice. It's no sacrifice. It's no sacrifice. It's the It's the season finale. It's the season finale and what for a while appeared to be the series finale. Yeah. Shit just went away after this. It's crazy. These were the lost episodes. I'm really glad the show got found again. But hey, I think in a sense this would be an interesting place to leave it. Because the whole season six has been building towards the inevitable Order 66. And the way Yoda leaves it in this episode, and we'll play the clip, but the way Yoda leaves it, it's kind of like... We may not win the battle, right? but we're going to win the war yeah. with it, the new it, information. I it have. is a fitting arc to... Ha- I'm sure they were able to like yeah. orchestrate at least that. Yeah. Like, let's leave it with this if yeah. we're not able to come back to it. Yes. Um, it is a... It is a... It feels like, in hindsight, it feels like a very odd, disjointed season to the Clone Wars. It does, but consistently has been entertaining and good yes it has but you can tell that this wasn't the full product they wanted to put out for a full season yeah they are like but i will say this i love this yoda arc oh yeah i adore it each one of these arcs was fantastic 
Yeah. But they feel very kind of like disjointed from each other. And it's basically like it's three Clone Wars movies kind of like put back to back. Yes. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it was a defining moment for this show, though. I yeah. mean, for a while there, it looked like this was it. Um. You know, and then spawned some books. Um. Disney Plus came around. Disney owns Star Wars at this point, and next thing you know, we get the completed story in season seven. Well, and it's at this point, too, where for the longest time, like, the prequels were panned. Like, everybody, it was pretty much accepted. Everybody hates the prequels. The prequels sucked. Yeah. But it's not until this point in, like, I don't know, the mid-2010s where kids went... (laughs) Kids who had watched the prequels have grown up into teenagers yeah. and young adults and are now like looking back at Star Wars and like, no, I loved the prequels. What are you talking about? Yeah. And like, I feel like we're still dealing with some of that now, too. Well, I mean, a lot of stuff with the sequel trilogy kind of follows the same path. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen people try to be like, no, the sequel trilogy, they don't have this with the prequels and stuff. It's like, you know what? Like, I'm just saying, a lot of the complaints I see lobbed about current Star Wars are very similar complaints that were lobbed about the prequels. Yes! A lot of it. Um, But it's just interesting now, especially now, like, with the latest episode of Book of Boba Fett, if you haven't watched it, spoilers. But, like, that is doing a better job of tying in the prequels to the current and sequel trilogy than the sequel trilogy ever did. Yeah. Because it's pulling in, like, starships and starfighters and pit droids and... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, once again, we don't hate the sequels. No, not at all. There's a lot of stuff I find enjoyable about them, but I think there are just some areas that are lacking. But But it's... I think a lot of the criticism lobbied towards them is kind of unfair. But that's the thing. It's like, this is... (laughs) The things that I enjoyed the most are the things that marry all three of them. Yeah. And I feel like that's why, like, this last episode of Book of Boba Fett was so good. It was an incredible episode. Yeah. Um, if you haven't been watching Book of Boba Fett, I would highly recommend it. It's very good. Especially assuming if you're all caught up on Mando. Um, they're really building out a really cool, big universe. Here. Yeah. Um, so, but... Uh, that's neither here nor there. If you want to hear our thoughts on that, we'll upload a reaction to that this weekend. Yep. So, um, all right. So, where we left off, Yoda was heading to the final stop in his journey to learn his new Force powers, which is to maintain his unique indiv- individuality, I guess, in the afterlife. Yeah. His, kind of like his consciousness will live on in the Force. Um. What that is is very similar to what we've seen in the original trilogy with Obi-Wan manifesting to Luke, his ghost, Yoda, you know, in, in the sequel trilogy. And that I love that scene in, in The Last Jedi where Yoda, who's like ketamine Yoda, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. the sacred Jedi text. <laughs> it's the best scene in the whole movie. It really is. And um, that's what we're talking about here, though. Yeah, he, he's the first Qui-Gon started it, but he is like learning further. He's continuing this training to learn how to manifest themselves within the force. Um, so, uh, but the final leg of his journey where the uh, force priestesses, I guess we'll call them, told him to go was Moraband. Now, we mentioned in the previous episode, 
Moraband is the planet's current name. Its original name, and what it's probably more famous as, is Korriban, which is a Sith homeworld. Um, this was like the Sith stronghold in the Outer Rim when the Sith were not just the rule of two, but they had literally legions of Sith. Yeah. You know, just they had their own massive order, just like the Jedi. Um, and this was in Knights of the Old Republic, right? Korriban was in Knights. Multiple other In pro- Knights of the properties. Old Republic, the first game, you literally go to Korriban and run around. And it's like you can tell that the design that they used was very similar to the design and the gameplay for Korriban and Knights of the Old Republic. Yep. Uh, you know, like just the statues and it's kind of the sandy, like dusty planet and just huge statues, mausoleums everywhere. It's a really cool looking world. It's very fucking cool. Now, the thing with Korriban, though, is like after multiple wars and the Sith fell apart, it was abandoned. It really was like... Um, the Sith Academy was there. That's where Darth Bane trained originally okay. was the Sith Academy on Korriban. Um, so once the Sith like warring, like the things with the Sith, like there was always treachery within the Sith. Um, and Darth Bane was kind of like, nah, fuck this. Like this is, uh, I'm doing it in a new way. And Darth Bane, like I, I have to finish. I only read the first Darth Bane book. Um, but he pulls some shit at the end of that book that wipes out a whole lot of Sith and a whole lot of Jedi. Yeah. Um, and so he's starting to put his plan into action. From from what I've heard, like the thing that that really gave the Sith staying power was the fact that Darth Bane implemented the rule of two, which we yeah. learn a little well, bit. Well, the more. Sith were too treacherous to have any I mean, they there got by much, with it, but there, there was, was a, just backstabbing constantly. There was too much and, infighting. And, but, like, yes. I feel like it makes sense. Like, one of the core tenets of the Sith is, like, be selfish. Yeah. Like, you're only here once. Like, take advantage. Yeah. Like, but, you know. I think I read something that said, like, a stab in the back is equal to a stab in the stomach. Yeah. It's, you know, but with that power struggle... It was just constant backstabbing. It yeah. was, you know, it was unorganized in a sense because nobody could ever get on the same page for too long before they started slitting each other's throats. Yep. So Darth Bane had the idea that, you know, only two, a master and apprentice. And from there, I mean, look at what Palpatine was able to accomplish being the master with Dooku as an apprentice. Yeah. You know, um, literally has a stranglehold over the entire galaxy. So well, and I feel like, but I do feel like that has to be a decision that comes up like in the right time and place. Like, there's no way that in the middle of a war you can be like, okay, rule of two. It's like you have to be okay with, okay, we're going underground for a very long time, which they did, right? But yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's like we're going to implement this rule of two, and this is a long play yeah. strategy. Like we are going in the shadows. Yep. And we are going to be here for a while, but yeah. we're not going to be all powerful like yeah. we used to be. And don't quote me on it, but Plagueis and Palpatine, as far as I know from what I've read, were the first to really come out of the shadows and really start grasping at larger power. Yeah. Um, especially Palpatine with political power. Um, you know, Plagueis was a super rich businessman. Immune. Um, yep. We've seen immunes recently to banking clans. So, um, 
but well, but Palpatine was the first to be like, and and you know the original plan was for Palpatine to handle the political side of things, while Plagueis the master stayed behind the scenes, put on the front of the businessman, and they just pulled strings together and worked together and kind of just. It's yeah. interesting though, because like I I listened to something too that was talking about the rule of two and like the staying power it had, and it wasn't until it kind of got the power of the rule of two kind of got whittled down a little bit when it got to like Plagueis and Palpatine, and they started corrupting it themselves just mm-hmm. by being selfish unto themselves. Where like Sith of the old world still kind of relatively gave a shit about like the sith creed so they would like oh shit i'm gonna die but you know what the sith creed lives on where i feel like when it got to plagueis and palpatine they were like well fuck the sith creed i just want to be immortal and i want to have as much power as possible yeah and that's the thing that like if they would have sacrificed a little bit of that power the sith could have lived on for a yeah. lot longer yeah and it was and you know Plagueis you know this whole arc really deals with something that Plagueis pondered all the time was this path to immortality Yoda and I think I mentioned in a previous episode he's doing it in a much more natural way I guess we could say he's learning to commune with the force in a different way something that is of this galaxy it's you know it's real Well, the- whereas Plagueis was like yeah, he used force abilities to try to manifest this, but a lot of it was like Frankenstein shit. You know, like yeah. he was running fucking crazy experiments on on one of his old masters, like other acolytes and all yep. this shit. It was, but it, yeah. it, also it seems like the Sith were obsessed with immortality when it came to the physical realm. They wanted to stay yes. present in the physical realm. Yes, and it seems like Yoda, as at least in this arc, it seems like what he wants is some kind of immortality but he's basically giving himself up to the force yeah and being like if you want me to yeah like educate more after my life force ends then the thing is when you look at the sith versus the jedi the sith are a uh you know feed off the physical realm like they crave power within the physical realm when you look at how the Jedi view the Force, the Jedi view the Force as their ally, something that guides them, that gives them strength. The Sith view the Force as something they can dominate and use for their own gain and power. Yep. So they have two completely different... And the way the Sith use the Force, it manifests itself as very powerful in the physical realm. But afterlife... Yeah, not so much. Um, they don't care so much about going into the cosmic force, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the Plagueis novel is a very good um, read, especially when it comes to this arc, because a lot of it deals, you know, when you first watch Revenge of the Sith, you see, you know, have you ever heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise, Crispin's Day, and um. <laughs> And when I first watched that, I was like, oh, he's just fucking pulling Anakin's strings. This isn't a thing. But no, it, it was. Like, Plagueis' big thing was he wanted to defeat death. And his experiments and just crazy fucking nature, he actually, like, started to do that. Like, he started to... He, he lived a very long time for immune. Like, much longer and, you know, he 
he aged, but he aged a little bit slower, this and that, and it's just, so, um, but it's just, it, I don't know, it, it's just completely different from the actual way to do things, like, um, but I, I don't know, I, I always found it interesting that Palpatine wasn't completely fucking with Anakin there, like, no, no, that was actually a thing. Well, you I know? feel like Palpatine's looking for an opportunity to, like, gloat. Mm-hmm. He's been living in the shadows for so long, and he hasn't had too many opportunities to, like, yeah. actually be honest. Mm-hmm. And he's, at this point, he's been playing both sides for so long. That yeah. It's, like, one opportunity he has to kind of, like, gloat and be like, yeah. hey, how about this story? Yeah. And the in- another interesting thing about Palpatine specifically um, like he was training Maul to Plagueis' knowledge with the the idea that Maul would be kind of like a Ventress type. Like Dooku had Ventress, well, yeah. which was like an assassin. But the the Palpatine line always had like these acolytes or assassins that they would use to their gain and then they would disrid- just discard them when they could. Yep. Which goes against the rule of two in itself. And that's, I, I like, one thing that I read or listened to was talking about that particularly, too, where they said that, like, Palpatine in particular kind of, like, decided to himself, like, no, nah, I'm, I'm more of a rule of one kind of guy. Yes. Like, I will have a quote-unquote apprentice in Vader, but I'm not going to, like, teach him everything. No. And I'm going to have a shitload of other acolytes. And so, like, the purity of the rule of two that Darth Bane founded kind of got whittled down yeah. and corroded by and desire. And Darth Tenebris, who was Plagueis's, uh master, also whittled it down in the sense that his main apprentice was Plagueis. But... Unbeknownst to Plagueis, he had like multiple other oh, yeah, yeah. apprentices that he was grooming. Well, and it, like I had the thought too watching this episode, like it's like the the dad with a family like in New Jersey. Yeah. You know, like, but I also <laughs> thought like I had the thought watching this, like, okay, yeah, rule it too. Like, I get it. Like philosophically it makes sense. But yeah. if if the Jedi or like I don't know, a tsunami happens and you two are in the same place and you both get wiped out, like, that's the entire Sith Order right there. That's true. Like, there could be something tragic that happens, and your entire, like... Yeah. This entire religion just ends with you two. Yeah. I don't even know how much of it was a religion at this point anymore, though. Yeah. As far as this goes, we're talking about Palpatine. Like, Palpatine's whole thing was like, what can anybody do for me? And how oh, can I yeah, exploit yeah. them? Like, it wasn't so much like the Sith Creed with him anymore. It was just really more like, I want all the power. He's the Nestle guy. Yeah. He's the Nestle water guy. I want all the water. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> all the water. Well, if we privatize water, then yeah. they'll have to pay us for water. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> um, and that's, but really, like, the interesting thing with Plagueis, I know we're really off topic. Not even really off topic. We it's, haven't it's, even gotten into the episode. It's interesting stuff. I, I know. This is my stuff. I, I love know. this stuff. The interesting thing about Plagueis was, like, despite Tenebris having multiple apprentices, and he goes and he fucking kills them all. It's fucking great in the book. But the interesting thing about Plagueis was, like, he actually firmly believed in the rule of two. Like, he was much more traditionalist in that sense. 
and he was like, oh, Pelps and I are going to make a great team, you know, and we're going to rule the galaxy with an iron fist together, you know, this, and yeah. we each have our own unique roles, this and that. Like, he was content. He was not trying to find anybody more powerful or anything, but Palpatine is just, the way of the Sith is treachery, and yep. Palpatine just always, just always planning, like, what can I do next? There's, you know, there's stuff in that book of when he first meets Dooku, he's a senator, and he yep. first meets Dooku, this and that, and... The wheels are turning there. He gets Maul. Well, even in the even like watching the Clone Wars, we have watched Dooku go from Ventress to Savage. Yeah. To like he's on the prowl for any acolyte. And it makes sense that he can like kind of have as an assassin. But if the opportunity presents itself where he can overthrow Palpatine, it's like, oh, there's the perfect situation. And it makes sense because he learned these this Sith arts. From Palpatine. Right. And this is how Palpatine goes about things. Hence, that's how Dooku went about things. So Palpatine and Plagueis, just like the way they view the Sith, were just two different ways. Yep. Um, let's get into the episode. Yeah. I mean, it's really cool. I think, you know, if, if this arc does something for you and you haven't read Plagueis, I would read Plagueis and you can kind of compare and contrast it with this because it's the, the Jedi's path to eternal life versus how the Sith try to perceive things. And it couldn't be more different. Um, so, yeah. So, Korriban was deserted a long time ago um, after a bunch of ancient wars and stuff like that. So, it's just this, like, desolate place. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's pyramids and shit and just all these, like, structures. It's like ancient Egypt, kind of. Um, it's like ancient Egypt if it was on Mars. If it was on Mars. It's a, it's a red-looking planet. It's got red sand yep. and everything, and it's... It's not like dark there, but it's like this like overcast red. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, Yoda lands on Korriban and just lands amongst like all these massive ancient Sith ruins. It's a very cool vibe that they put out. Um, R2 is scared. <laughs> uh, R2 hops out and Yoda's like, ah, you're going to stay here again. You stay with the ship. Um if I don't come back in three nightfalls, go back to Coruscant and tell him what the fuck happened. You know, tell him where I am. So, can you imagine what that conversation would go? We've go like seen with with Mace if R two lands and just beeps and boops, and yeah. Mace is like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> we Yoda seen... went to the Sith planet. <laughs> We've seen R two do this before, though. <laughs> Remember when Mace and Anakin they got trapped on that like old that cruiser yeah. that crashed? Yeah. And then R2 had to go back to Coruscant. <laughs> and, he that put, was the, and he slammed into that other droid in yeah, the middle of the hallway. And he shot the Gundark like, like it was like a fucking <laughs> balloon that was like just gas and air. But yeah, I mean, R2, <laughs> that episode, the Kevin McAllister episode. <laughs> that episode was so R2's great. Home Alone, yeah. So we know what it's like when R2 has to go tell them, oh, fuck, you yeah, know? Yeah. It was great. Um, So... Uh, R2 staying with the ship though, and he puts up his little sensors and he likes. <laughs> I love how yeah. Yoda said that. It like R2 doesn't just jump back into the ship. He immediately no. is like, "All right, I'm gonna and scan then he, like, everything." Sends up his yeah. satellite dish. <laughs> um, so Yoda just traverses amongst these ruins, just walking. He comes to a, this large like opening in the ruins, and he just sits down and meditates. And so at this point, Yoda has not dealt with an official Sith yet, has he? I mean, he's fought Dooku. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Dooku's a Sith. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say it kind of strikes you different because Duke, he knows Dooku. Yeah, that's what, that's um, kind of what I was thinking. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't. We, I think sometimes we forget that. I'm just we saying, know, like in his 800 years, he hasn't really faced a Sith until like Dooku and now Sidious. Yeah, I mean Darth Bane. That was like a thousand years before A New Hope. Yeah, so that would have been before Yoda's time. Yeah, Yoda was it was, it was right before Yoda was born. Yeah. I got to finish the Bane books. Um, but yeah, my guess would be is Yoda outside of Dooku has never had like a face to face confrontation with any kind of Sith stuff. Right. Um, so this is like new ground for him. That, that's not to say, though, I mean, he's definitely I mean, he, he confronted the darkness within himself. last. Oh, yeah, week. I'm and, not. And so it's like similar in a sense. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like for Yoda, this is something brand new. Yeah, I think I would say this is something brand new for any Jedi. Yep. Um. That being said, I mean, there's stuff being written now that's going to be coming out, like the Acolyte show that will be right. on Disney+. Plus. That's going to deal with, like, the tail end of the High Republic, probably about 100 years, I think it is, before New Hope. Okay. And that's going to deal with a Sith Acolyte of some kind. Um, so, we know Yoda was Grandmaster at that time. And so far in... High Republic, there has not been any kind of Sith activity. No. Okay. I mean, the Drengir are very strong in the dark side, but they're just kind of like mindless plant monsters. And then, I mean, the Nihil are fucking crazy. But the Nihil, I mean, it's, you know, the the term is a little on the nose. It's nihilistic is kind yeah, of the yeah. whole thing. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, Yoda has dealt with Ventress. Um, yeah, that's true. But anything outside of Dooku and Dooku Associates, no. Nothing. But yeah, I mean, just like immersing yourself in this planet that is just pure dark side energy. No. I mean, this is something that I would wager no fucking Jedi has done. I don't know. Maybe Anakin visits there on the weekends. (laughs) Who knows? But yeah, so Yoda sits down to meditate, and it's very interesting. Now, this is very like red looking sun. It's just, it's got a red vibe on this planet. But as soon as Yoda sits down to meditate, it just becomes this like immediate nightfall. And, like, there's just stars in the sky, and it's I wouldn't say Yoda's hallucinating, but it's, like, the presence of the dark side, like, in his mind, and they're fighting with each other. Um, so there's a bunch of, like, snakes that are actually native snakes to this planet of Korriban. They're not, they're not, like, this sentient, like, monster that they become, but the dark side manifests a bunch of these snakes as, like, this large talking serpent. And they both, they, like, all of the snakes appear out of the sand they come to the surface and then they form one giant serpent and then that serpent says we are the sith and yoda's like i'm not scared of you um yeah and then you know the snake dissipates and then a bunch of hooded figures start to surround yoda and these hooded figures they look kind of like I don't know. They got like a Gandalf hat, kind of. Yeah, so it's like a wizard hat. But the, so they're basically I wrote down they're basically ripping off Death Eaters. At yeah, this kind of. In Harry Potter, like especially in Goblet of Fire, like this is what the Death Eaters look like. They yeah. had very tall, pointy hats, and they were like dark wizards. Yeah. And we've seen Star Wars, especially modern Star Wars, and, and fantasy and sci-fi stuff do this all the time. This isn't this isn't unique to borrow ideas from other fantasy sci-fi franchises. I mean, there's one of the things, one of the complaints today about Book of Boba Fett that I saw was something that they borrowed. They're like, oh, they just stole this from this. And it's like, 
Yeah. There's probably a lot of for a long time. Yeah. So many of these fantasy franchises, though, like Harry Potter, like the basic premise of it is basically Star Wars. It's a kid. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Who's like gone to live with his aunt and uncle because his parents died or whatever. Yeah. And then some strange wizard shows up. Well, it's all the one. It's all the hero's journey. Yeah. The classic kind of story. But it's like they they all kind of borrow off each other in certain ways. But it's it's that framework, that foundation. And then you borrow bits and pieces from popular culture. And like even these things like. Like, seeing them made me think of the Death Eaters, which made me think, like, when I first saw that in Harry Potter, it's like, oh, they're they're just taking that, like, these are evil people, they're taking that from the KKK, because that's, like, the way that they dress. But the KKK took that from someone, too, and, like, looking back, you can kind of go back in history, and have you heard of, I just looked it up, the Caparotti? No. I think they're a Spanish, like catholic group and i don't think i i don't think they're like ensconced in like hatred and racism and that type of thing but part of their religion is these weird pointed hats and like when the kkk was first founded a lot of it was just like weird like nerdy dork shit and they just like took that uniform from them sure so like just borrowing bits and pieces from pop culture and making it your own. Yeah. I feel like that's exactly what's happening here. No, I mean, in like history, you can go throughout history and culture. It's like culture is constantly borrowing from itself. Yes. And little changes are made and things just progress on and on and on. I mean, there's not, I mean, just look at music. There's not any new song that you hear. It's at this point, it's not really using anything chord progression wise or stuff. Yeah. We've yeah. covered the fucking basis. The core of like music has been. You know, I mean, it's been covered, man. I mean, that's why it's so funny when you find out that George Harrison like lost the lawsuit for My Sweet Lord. Yeah. Because it was too similar to like, he's so fine. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) I see like a little bit of the similarity, but at the same time, it's like, these songs are just different songs. Yeah. And George was like, felt really bad about it. He's like, I could have just like changed like an F to like an F sharp minor (laughs) or something. You know, I think he said and. George was a unique guy with his chords, though. He had uh, dirty chords, is oh, what he called them. Oh, the dirty chords. The dirty chords. Yeah. I remember uh, Tom, Tom Petty, Petty was talking about it in the concert for Georgie. He's like, George is an interesting guy. He had these things called that he liked to call dirty chords. It was either Tom Petty or Clapton was talking about in the same documentary. He was like, oh, fucking George. He would always he'd write these songs in like 12-4 time or like 12-6 time. So it's like, oh, fuck, one, two, yeah. three, four, five, six. Like, have to count up to, like, 14 before yeah. you, like, go to the next measure. Yeah. Yeah, George was an interesting Good guy. Stuff. Clapton's been pretty interesting lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> slow hand. More like slow brain. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> you hit that one out of the park. Good job. <laughs> what the H? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I great guitar player. Love his music. But, man, he <laughs> kind of sucks. That dementia sets in later in life. Yeah, I don't. Hey, everybody's a researcher these days. <laughs> you know, I want to get a roundtable. I want to. I want to get a roundtable. A roundtable discussion of like all the top researchers. I, I am, want. I want Joe Rogan to interview Aaron Rodgers and Eric Clapton. And they can have a roundtable discussion. I cannot wait until Eric Clapton goes on George, Joe Rogan's podcast because it's going to happen. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways. 
Let's move on. Back to Star Wars. Back to Star Wars. So, yeah, after the snakes break up, all of a sudden a bunch of hooded figures surround Yoda. And, yeah, they look, I don't know, they look like wizardy, death eatery, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they all, they're all just circling Yoda, and Yoda's just sitting in the middle, and they're talking to him and kind of, like, trying to psych him out. Um, and it's going to be our first clip. And then also at the end of this clip, we're going to get uh, hear from one of our favorite Sith Lords. So There is no life after death. Only nothingness awaits you, Jedi. Your fear feeds our hunger for power. They will know you are here. We will tell them you will die and be nothing. Okay, so Lord Sidious is calling for Dooku, so I think they sent something's up. Yeah, and um, it was at that moment where like Dooku stood up, and at that moment I was like, "What the fuck is Dooku wearing?" He's got like, <laughs> and then like, like it was just a split second, and then later it comes back. Yeah, but I only saw it for like a frame, and I was like, "Something's off." Like, what's but going on here? He's got like a design, like a floral design on his shirt, and he's got more buttons and then it's, later you know he's got is? shoulder pads it looks more similar to the light side dooku that we saw it does in the previous episode yeah. like he brought he busts he's busting out his light side shirts yeah <laughs> these still fit why waste them <laughs> you know um so yeah dooku and sidious send something's up like they know yoda's on korriban so what does that mean we'll find out okay so we get back to yoda and he enters this large temple he goes down the steps and he comes upon this tomb with just this massive statue. Um, the statue looks like Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Super Shredder. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Sith imagery ends up looking like Shredder. Yeah, a lot of Shredder going on here. Um, so Yoda begins to approach the tomb and all of a sudden like some smoke comes out of it. And it's like it's kind of like the genie in Aladdin, yeah. you know, like comes out and super Shredder forms. And is going to have a conversation with Yoda. Who could Super Shredder be? I don't know. Let's take a listen. Why do you come to my tomb, Jedi? To learn. Do you know who I am? Yes. Darth Bane. The ancient Sith Lord, you are. And know why I am not forgotten? Created the rule of two, you did. The Sith killed each other, victims of their own greed. But from the ashes of destruction, I was the last survivor. I chose to pass my knowledge on to only one. I created a legacy so resilient that now you come before me. <laughs> Have you come to be my apprentice? You must kill me to gain my place. Dead you are already. <laughs> then what stands before you? An illusion. Real you are not. Do not fear me. No. Exist. You do not anymore. Okay, so... <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Yoda talks shit to Super Shredder, and Super Shredder then just gets sucked back into his tomb. Um, I just love how confident Yoda is throughout this entire episode. Hey, man, he went to that fucking midichlorian world and just vibed. Dude. Yeah, like, he's like, nah, I'm good. If you thought Yoda was powerful before, like, Yoda is just, like, chill as fuck yeah. now, dude. Like, Yoda can't be phased. Okay, so did you, do you know who voices Darth Bane? Okay, so we have a who, who are you for later then. Oh, we do. Yes, we do. It's been a while. Okay. Okay. All right, who are you? I'll have to make sure we got that back. Um. Okay, so. That's Darth Bane. Darth Bane looks like Super Shredder. He really in does. this. Um, and I wrote down: Is this what you thought Darth Bane would look like? No, I mean you can look at you can look at my fucking paperback. There's a picture of Darth yeah. Bane on it. He doesn't really. I mean that could be his helm. I've seen him without the helm on. Right. You know. Um, he looks. But like really, has, I mean, it's no more it, in a, in your classic pictures. It looks like he has like football paint around his eyes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's got like a star of football paint around his eyes. <laughs> Um, now Darth Bane's an interesting character. I mean, he originally worked on like these mines and mining like a, uh, I think it was some sort of gas or something. And, um, yeah, I mean, he was, his name was Dessel originally was his ah. first name. Um, and he kind of, he always had these abilities, but then he got found out and blah, blah, blah. I won't get into all of We should do a book corner. On I did see, but. I I did see an interview with Filoni where he talked about this imagery of Darth Bane and they were going for, cause like the main kind of the Genesis of Darth Vader's armor was like ancient samurais. Yeah. And so they, they took Darth Vader's imagery and they're like, okay, so that's Darth Vader. Let's take samurais and go back like a thousand years before samurais. What were the samurais of that time? And that was like an ancient China. Yeah. And they basically took that and like turned it into Darth Bane. Sure. I mean, it would make sense. His helm would probably, you know, I mean, on its face, it's not, you know, a st stupid term that's always thrown around lately is just like, this isn't Star Wars. Like, well, um, I, I, I don't know if people complained about this in that sense then, but it it tracks with like a lot of the Sith armor that we've seen. It does. Yeah. It just looks unique because he's like a genie, <laughs> you know? And, well, yeah. And there's kind of like his eyes are, you know, like we've seen the Sith fever when it hits you. You got the fucking yellow eyes and shit. But his are like fiery glowing. And so it's just it looks a little different. But like if you saw him like when he was living, like I think it would probably vibe with what we've come to expect. Also, this is a so at this time, like a modern day interpretation of what darth bane looks like so when darth bane i don't know if this is a curse or some kind of security measure that he put into place a thousand years before this takes place yeah but this could just be an apparition that he came up with himself that looks nothing like what the original darth bane looks like it's this is just an apparition that is presenting itself as yeah. Darth Bane. I've seen some unique interpretations of what Bane looked like in his full yeah. get up. Um, this is one of them. I, you know, I think it's really cool. I it it's just as like a kid who grew up on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, it like hits me hard as Super Shredder, like because Super Shredder was based off of fucking ancient samurai shit. It always you know? bumped me that like 
Shredder look like such an evil guy, and he was taking orders from Brain. Yeah, was like a weird Brain guy inside yeah. of a robot that looked yeah. like a fat human. Yeah, the robot guy's hilarious. <laughs> like, why didn't you just? Why are you taking orders from the Brain? You could just pull the Brain out of Robot Guy, and he's helpless. Just punch the glass. Yeah, just take him out of there. There, dude. I remember distinct scenes where they would have to pull him out to, like, regenerate yes! somewhere. And I'm like, why do you take orders from this thing? It's interesting. Weird. Yeah. Wild. Wacky stuff. <laughs> do you know who played uh, Super Shredder in uh, Secret of the Ooze? Wasn't it, uh, uh, oh, the actor or the voice actor? The actor that was in the Super Shredder costume in Secret of the Ooze. No, who was it? Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash. Do you know who Kevin Nash is? He was Big Daddy Cool Diesel in the WWF, and then he was one of the founding members of the NWO in WCW. Yes, but in, do you know who voiced Shredder in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon? In the in the cartoon. In the cartoon. I don't know who. I'm going to look it up to confirm. If you have to look it up, this doesn't seem no, like it's a No, I just want to confirm. Nugget. Yep, that's right. Uh, James Avery. James Avery. Where have I heard that name? That's a Clone Wars guy, right? Nope. Uh, that's the guy who played Uncle Phil in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Seriously? <laughs> he played Shredder's voice. Oh. Yeah. He's great at pool. <laughs> you ever seen that clip? Yeah, I did. When they put it to the guile music. It's a great show. It's a good show. It's a great show. Man, sitcoms used to be solid. I know. Not so much it anymore. It had some great messaging, too. Yeah. We got a big... Why big... did he love me, man? <laughs> <laughs> You got any Big Bang Theory fans out there? Oh, God, I don't know. No. <laughs> That's an interesting show. I never watched it. I liked the Sheldon character. I thought that character was like an interesting, fun character. Yeah. But outside of that, oh, it's paint drying, baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that nerd's horny all the time well, and he even, gets creepy. It's like, what is this? Even like, uh, uh, I remember like How I Met Your Mother was a sitcom that, like, I used to watch and enjoy. You fuckers told me to watch that show. I watched, like, the first season. I was like, I don't understand the first, what they're trying like, to tell me The here. first handful of seasons were good, but that's one show in particular that, like, sticks with me. Like, the last three seasons, I multiple times thought to myself, like, why the fuck am I watching this show? <laughs> like, I got, like, I was physically angry at that show for like making me What was watch. Neil Patrick Harris's character? He was just like Barney. Oh. What's his name? Yeah, Barney. Barney. He always wore a suit and he was very A few horny of our friends always time. told me like, "Oh, you're going to love Barney." <laughs> I think that says more about them than it does you. I hated that character. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone. I thought that show sucked. I'm sorry. I didn't get it. It's not great. I First few seasons were good, but they're doing like a "How I Met Your Father" yeah, now with awful. like Hillary Duff. Oh, you it's, watched it? No, 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 no. <laughs> from what I've heard, it's like unwatchable. You're doing a lot of that from what I've heard reviewing lately. You did that with The Matrix, and now you're doing it with this yeah, this yeah. Hillary Duff show. That's what I do. I just sit around and do nothing. And then I <laughs> yeah. report secondhand news. Yeah, and then you criticize things. <laughs> it's really easy. Okay, so that's Darth Bane. So after Yoda scares Darth Bane away with his no fear attitude. Uh, the tomb <laughs> opens up to this like lower level, like reveals some steps, um, and Yoda hears a voice call his name. Um, shortly after that, we get to Coruscant, and it's like this industrial area that is like the same industrial area that you will remember from Attack of the Clones. 
at the end when Dooku meets up with Palpatine or Sidious, whatever you want to call him. doesn't matter. They're interchangeable. But the Solar Sailor arrives there, and we get... <laughs> yeah, we do! He's there! <laughs> <laughs> the Solar Sailor pilot is in full effect. Uh, he pulls in, he parks, and he just waits. <laughs> he doesn't move. He parks the ship, and he just stops. I was watching the episode frame by frame. The, <laughs> the second the Solar yeah. Sailor entered, I like stood and I watched, and I was like, oh, let me see... Like, let fuck it. Let's get the solar sailor right now. Let's get the Lego set think, right now. I, that that pilot did not move a muscle. I don't think they wanted to waste animation dollars. <laughs> he just stood there. He didn't I didn't even, even see him pull the lever. thing. No. Yeah, he didn't pull the thing. No, 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 no. <laughs> he didn't do it. But God, he's cool. But that leads me to believe that he is just such a good chauffeur that he is plugged into the system of the solar sailor, Ooh. and he didn't have to do anything. We can get one here for thirty-seven ninety-nine. Pull the trigger. It's used, and it's in some Ziploc bags, and I don't think there's instructions. <laughs> Does it come with the minifig? I can't tell. <laughs> they didn't really. They didn't do a good job. Um, use no minifigs. Fuck you then. But does that now? That's not necessarily a minifig. He might just be some sticks that you ply together. Who cares? We need him. As long as he is represented. We need him. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's he's like my new grail minifig. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's so cool. I love him. He is one of the he is one of the five best characters in all of Star Wars. <laughs> all he does is pull a lever. That's all he no, does. That's not all he does. In Attack of the Clones, he pushes one lever forward. And he pulls one lever, a separate lever. He pulls another level backward. He goes, okay, so he, he goes. Eh, he can pull eh, and push. Yeah. There's like three levers, and he can pull and push them. <laughs> First, what the fuck kind of ship is this? Where it's just like <laughs> three levers. I this is him. like. This I is love like, him so much. This is like the first train system. It's just got three <laughs> levers. Go stop. It's it. God, he fucking. Rules. You have no idea how excited I was the second I saw that solar <laughs> sailor. <laughs> He's showing me something in this. <laughs> you know, I've always kind of hated the solar sailor just the way it looks. Yeah. But when you really focus in on the pilot, oh yeah, it's like the best ship. And you're absolutely right. I always have thought like, if you like, at the end of the day, if you go up into the like the engineer station of a train, like what the is that guy doing yeah and i'm imagining it's exactly what this guy's doing this guy is uh, a train conductor <laughs> <laughs> i bet you train conductors make that noise too like you're on you're, you're sitting in this caboose all by yourself you gotta fucking go from omaha to fucking des moines you know and you just you just pull the yeah when I when I lived when I lived in Chicago and I would take the train to work every day, there were multiple mornings where I was just miserable and I didn't want to go to work where I thought like I wonder how much education it would take to drive this train because that seems like a much better life than what I'm living right now. I think now. it's been a while but I think we did mention in previous episodes we fucking love trains. Oh yeah. I love a good train. We got to go to that museum. Yeah, we got to go to that train museum. That's Clone Cast Field Trip. I think that was the first suggested Clone Cast Field Trip was yep. the train museum. That's so during our break we're going. 
We got to go to Union Station. Oh, yeah. They got, like, train artifacts there. I've been there. But they got black bears running around there now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're going to get mauled to death just trying to learn about <laughs> trains. <laughs> you know what we should do? <sighs> if we win, like, a large sum of money, this is a Powerball thing we could do. We could buy a whole bunch of those solar sailor sets, and we can just take the solar sailor pilot and just set him around town at various locations. <laughs> Like, go to Union Station and just, like, and just kind of put him in there. Wait till a train pulls in and then just duct tape him to yeah. the front of the train. No, wait for a train to pull in and give him as a gift to the conductor. <laughs> this is your, this is, here, <laughs> this is a charm for you. <laughs> Some blue-collar union guy yeah. that's going to be, get the fuck out of here. Here's a Lego. He will bring you good fortune. <laughs> We got to get, if anybody, any clone Casanovas know a train conductor, <laughs> can you ask them for us or maybe just give them the email and they can, we can pull some questions to them? I want to know if when they pull the lever, if they go, Eeeh. I'd be really curious. And then when they push the lever, do they go, Eeeh. I want to know. These are the things I think about. <laughs> uh, should we get on with the show? Yeah. Have we talked about him enough? <laughs> I think so. So the solar sailor arrives in course. <laughs> and Dooku lands and he is greeted by Palpatine. Solar sailor is going to hang. Solar sailor probably is just hanging low. He's just hanging out there. He's not. He's got nothing to do with this. He just flies the fucking ship. He's got the best defense. Like if Dooku ever got like court-martialed or something. He just pulls that lever and he's just be like, fuck hey, out of there. look, I plead the fifth. All I did was just fly the fucking ship. <laughs> yeah. it. That's all I know. All I know is it. <laughs> All right, so this is going to be uh, Palpatine and Dooku uh, discussing things, and then we're also going to get Yoda, and he gets visited by some friends from the previous episode. I sense we have a great opportunity to strike a deadly blow to the Jedi Order, but we must act swiftly. tempted uh of sorts by the current the sith of his time so yoda is like holy shit i'm gonna meet the sith of our time he's been waiting to meet the sith of his time. very exciting unfortunately hoods exist (laughs) um (laughs) so yoda's gonna go in there and figure shit out but 
uh, Palpatine and Dooku, it's like, they're not there. They're on Coruscant. But the Force is strange and mysterious, and it brings people together in so many unique ways. <laughs> so our next clip is going to be uh, Palpatine and Dooku, and they, they're in, like... Uh, you know, they're in this industrial area of Coruscant, but Palpatine has really set up a nice, like, Sith fucking temple within this fucking place. He's got, it like, really giant is. statues. He's got a bird bath that he fucking conducts spells in. I guarantee that you could do this in current day industrial zones. Because even around. Well, this is the kind of shit that I would do if I had fucking unlimited resources. Even around the Twin Cities, like, you drive by certain, like, areas. Oh, yeah. And you're like, what the fuck goes on there? Dude. I Down absolutely. by the railroad tracks, you're yeah. like, what does that building do? Yes. Like, what is the purpose? Do people still go there, like, <laughs> and nine to five? And for some reason, all of these buildings, like, they're sturdy, yet they hold this mass amount of rust. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, there's always the rust. But this building, if a tornado sat on the fucking thing, <laughs> it would just be like, eh. Also, like, <laughs> if you go down, like, there's a weird place, like, <laughs> you run up against areas in like metro areas that used to be like industrial hubs sure but now are, are bordering around commercial yeah where it's like you are far past your time like how are you still a fucking warehouse at this point yeah like if you drive north on 280 yeah you're going past like warehouses that have like broken out windows there's still like one. high rise yeah. like real estate there's that one on 280 right by 36 do you know what i'm talking yes! about that's the one I'm talking about. Yes, it's huge. <laughs> I don't know what it used to be. I don't know. They must have made like staples or something. Every like, time <laughs> I drive by there, it's like, what the fuck goes on inside that place? I think they make like, uh, you know, like a uh, ball bearings or something. Yeah. Some guy in there like, eh. because like right next door to it, there's like. A, a forklift dealership. Yes. <laughs> they have like cherry pickers and forklifts outside yeah. that just have all of their shit raised to yeah. the highest thing. I, that's what I love about just like, <laughs> that's what I loved about like doing Lyft because I would just drive all over the metro and I would see these like things. And I'm like, how do you fucking exist? I remember there was this place called like Water Gremlin or something and it made like. <laughs> It made like bobbers for fucking fishing reels or something like that. And I was just, they're still there. Yeah, <laughs> just I know. like, how? Yeah. How have you not, like, how has your industry not been completely monopolized yet? Yeah. Like, there are very few industries that aren't like boiled down to like two or three large companies at this point because we fucking just bit the fucking. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. antitrust laws in this country have been just fucking sawed away slowly. <laughs> like, this country's a hell scheme. <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid. It's so crazy, man. The other, like, the other thing right next to the neighborhood cafe that's in a highly gentrified area. Oh, God. I remember that place just 10 years ago. And you go there now and it's like, what the fuck happened there is here? A, there's an office front that's like a block away that's like... A, like, weird kind of, like, gas company that has, like, its office stationed there. And it's like, how are you still affording this? Yeah. I just Googled Water Gremlin. <laughs> it says, watergremlin.com, your source for quality fishing sinkers. <laughs> and, okay, so there's that. They, they open tomorrow at 8 a.m., but it's, like, it's just a warehouse. And, like, they make their fishing sinkers in that warehouse, right? It's in White Bear. Oh, so they moved to a different area. It used to be in uh, Maplewood. Do they uh, give tours? Because we couldn't take a We got to go there. to Watergrim to do. 
when I sold books, I sold books to Water Gremlin. Like, I would drop the books off at Water Gremlin. But the people also ask section is the first one. Is Water Gremlin still in business? <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, Water Gremlin, Minnesota Pollution Control Agency. Water Gremlin is prohibited from exceeding a rolling 12-month volatile organic compounds limit of 90 tons. I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay. Anyways, it's just wild to me that like some of these places are still like clinging to life. It's fuck. I mean, I hope they make it. Yeah. Like they're they're some of the only unique things that we have left in this country. Otherwise, it's just what what are you gonna put there? I know. A fucking Walmart. I know. Another Applebee's. Like, God, man. I we should probably just fucking buy all the fishing sinkers we can. <laughs> what? Let's buy some water gremlin fishing sinkers. I'm up for it. They're hey, if they want to sponsor the pod. I mean, Lux Bidet, man. I I got tired of tweeting at them to be honest. Do they have a Twitter handle? We gotta find Water Gremlin. <laughs> I'll reach out to Water Gremlin and say, hey, we run a podcast. Uh, you're probably not going to get any business out because we talk about you every week. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. So Palpatine and Dooku are here in this fucking Sith temple that he has set up in his fucking warehouse. And they're, Palpatine's going to perform an incantation. And I guess they're going to kind of like... Tra- they know that Yoda is on Korriban and they're going to go meet with him, but they got to do this. So that's going to be our next clip. Only the presence of someone significant to you would allow you to sense this ripple through time and space. My old master, Yoda. Yes. Master Yoda has come to Moraband. Although why, I do not know. We shall, however, use the strong bond that once existed between you and your master to allow us to see things that we otherwise could not. How can this be done, Master? It is an old art of the dark side. Now, hold up your hand, apprentice. I need but a drop for the ritual to begin. Now, concentrate on Master Yoda. Bring all your focus to him. But will he not sense our presence? <laughs> we shall come to him with a familiar face. A long lost face. One he would be eager to see again. One whom he would ask and want answered. All the questions he seeks. Okay. So. Palpatine and Dooku are going to manifest a familiar face for Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. How um, much do you think Dooku hates this bullshit? Do you think he's into it? Or do you think he's just like humoring Sidious at this point? I don't know. Dooku doesn't strike me as the uh, 
Just the way that just the way the Sidious was like, I just need a drop. Dooku doesn't strike me as like the blood oath kind of guy. Yeah, not really. Yeah. I don't know. He looks like he has some fingernails on him, too. Did you yeah, notice that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's going to get to the parlor. Yeah. Dooku's got to get cleaned up. <laughs> they, got, they don't got any kind of like, uh, he can't get his nails done on Sereno? Apparently not. Come on, Dooku. Clean that up. He needs a cut and a clear coat. Obi-Wan would never let himself get <laughs> no. in that condition. No, no, no. He's far too fancy and handsome for that. <laughs> I think we got, you know, if we had fancy fancy man power rankings, fancy lad power rankings, I think, I think Obi-Wan takes the cake now. Yeah. Once yeah. you go dark side, I feel like fingernails are the first thing to go. Yeah. Shooting all that lightning out of them, too. I bet you they're all, like, black <laughs> and shit and, like, burnt up, you know? Like, they look like you've just been, like, fucking, you know, like, just hitting them with a hammer all the time. That's one of the things that made me realize, like, oh, God. Because when I was in high school, I wanted to be, like, a mechanic. Like, I was going to school. <laughs> until, you re- until you realized your hands would have dirt on them forever. It was, it, like, literally, like, I realized, like, oh, fuck, no matter how hard I wash my hands, like, there's still, like, dirt and grease, like, under my fingernails and, like, in the crevices of my fingers, and I was like, this is no way to live a life. <laughs> so what I, about gloves? Ah, that's one way to go about it. You get some uh, util- ut- utility gloves, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Would you be the kind of mechanic that would wear gloves? Uh, I am now. I'll tell you that yeah. much. Anytime I work on my car or anything. I want to be a Valvoline guy. <laughs> you know those Valvoline guys? Yeah, they work in the pit. Yeah, I want to go down in the pit and go like stick the thing in there. <laughs> And then they like you hear it like pumping, you know, goes yeah. and then and they then got the a guy bunch comes of up. weird call signs too. Yeah, they're like oh two three a pump four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to be Valvoline guy. <laughs> and then and then once they fucking change your oil, they they take the dipper out and they come over and they go. Yeah. <laughs> they show it. To you. <laughs> they show it to you. <laughs> Can I interest you in some oil? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you and like I don't even know what I'm looking at. It's like yeah, it looks good. Like, they could do nothing, and I would have no idea because I don't change <laughs> my... We just, should we quit our jobs and just open a Valvoline franchise? Yes. <laughs> I would be happier. I would be happy. I would just sit around and, like, I would eat Twix all day. And we'll duct tape a yeah. uh, chauffeur droid to each car that comes through. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Pass them out. Free to, yeah. That's, that's like our promotion at all times is passing out Solar Sailor fucking minifigs. Solar Sailor probably minifigs. <laughs> I would definitely make that noise when I was pumping the shit, though. All right, here we go. I got that like big long gun thing. <laughs> then I, 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 they always gotta like ask you like, you want to change your air filter? I'm like, no. <laughs> He's like, are you sure it looks like this? And I'm like, it's good. <laughs> You're due for some transmission fluid change. I'm good. <laughs> I, I want to know the guy who goes in for his fucking just quick lube oil change that ends up like spending twelve hundred dollars <laughs> yeah. at Valvoline because they're like, oh, you could do uh, you could use some uh, tr- new transmission fluid here. We got to sweep that out. We got to do this and that. And he's just like, do it all. <laughs> Everything they suggest. He's yeah. Like, yep. Let's go. Let's go. And just leaves with a fifteen hundred dollar bill. <laughs> I. I it's it it's bound to happen. I mean, the guys at Valvoline love me because I have enough knowledge to be like, hey, listen, the air filter is a pain in the ass to get out of there. I don't want a new one. Don't even bother pulling it out to show me. And every single time, they're like, okay, all yeah. right. I think cool. they got a note on mine that's like, don't even bother showing him the air filter because he will just be like staring at his phone, be like, no thanks, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> 
I have never changed an air filter on a car, ever. The the air filter that when I get a car is the air filter when I leave that car. It's also very easy to change on your own. No. <laughs> I can do some things. Uh, I can change a tire. I can change a mean tire. Yeah. But those fucking jacks that they give you suck. Yeah. And they got to give you better jacks. So you buy a jack. I can I can uh, jump a car. I can I can uh, you know give you the yeah, you put them on there. Negative. Oh, you do. And they yeah, charge it up. I have a charger. Um, yeah. In my car, I sometimes charge it up. <laughs> um, I can wait. Well, I can I can take uh, pressure readings off the tires as well. I'm very good with the tires. Yeah. I'm good with the tires. Uh, what else can I do? I've changed light bulbs in the, you know, like, uh, headlights, headlights. I've changed headlights, high beams, low beams, high beams, low beams. I've chained those out. Um, my old Hyundai, which your brother owns now. Oh, has he had any light bulbs going he's on that? Still before? driving the shit out of that. Really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, she runs. But I, I think I told him, it's like, you might have to change the, the headlights every now and then because yeah. uh, something with the electrical that would just like burn out headlights left and right. So, yep. uh, what else can I do? Why are we talking about this? <laughs> This is one of those episodes where we're just all over the place. <sighs> okay, so Yoda is going to continue on his path, but Palpatine and Dooku have a surprise for him. They're going to manifest a vision for him. And this vision is going to promise him many things, much like the Force Priestess says, like, hey, I got some info for you if you just join up with me. Uh, but who could it be? Um, it is an old friend that we were introduced to in the first episode of this Sifo Diaz. Sifo <laughs> Diaz um, is a. F- we have a vision of Sifo Diaz in chains, and let's take. You know who you are, even Steven. <laughs> He's not even Stevens. I just said Please the wrong button. free me, Sifo Diaz. Alive you are. Help me, please, Yoda. I have been imprisoned for so long. Know who did this to you? Okay, he's been missing for 10 years. If he was chained up that long, he would be dead. Yeah. <laughs> How long can Saifo Diaz go without food or drink? Yeah. He's on an abandoned planet. Like, Yoda Yoda knows better than this. Say, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyways. <laughs> what if I could tell you who the Sith Lord is? Free me, and I will reveal it. No. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> Captivated by the physical realm, the Sith are. What else is there? No. Free me, and together we can know who the Sith Lord is. Gain the power you deserve, and save the future. No. You must free me. Nothing to show me. The Sith have. We I was so hoping you were going to pull just him <laughs> saying no. I didn't even think it was funny until now. Oh, my God. It is kind of funny. Like, when you look at it no. on his face, when you look at his face, this is a guy who's a Jedi <laughs> who's been chained up for 10 years, and he's like, free me, and I'll tell you something. You're just, no. <laughs> no. No. Uh, okay, so after Yoda declines him the third, second time, he, like, Yoda just gets circled by some fire. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to hear it look again? Look at the place that I have paused. <laughs> <laughs> 
Can you send me that picture? I want to Photoshop a hot dog. <laughs> 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 no! <laughs> no! Please, if I could tell you who the Sith Lord is, free me, and I will reveal it. No! <laughs> he knows how to achieve. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, oh, after Yoda declines, uh, Yoda gets encircled by a ring of fire, like blue yeah. fire, blue flames, and circle Yoda. And Sifo-Dyas turns into an avatar of <clears throat> Palpatine, or Sidious, <laughs> laughing at him. Um, so Yoda's like, oh, what the hell's going on here? And then suddenly Yoda wakes up somewhere else. Yoda just comes to, and he's on a gunship, um, collectible corner. He's on a gunship. Uh, there's a bunch of clones there. Rex is like the yeah. uh, senior ranking Five clone here. And Anakin is also there. So we got Anakin, we got Rex. <coughs> We got some 501st clones. Uh, Yoda's like, what the fuck's going on here? How'd I get here? Where am I? And Anakin's like, you're on Coruscant in the industrial zone. We're going to fucking... We believe Dooku entered the atmosphere recently. I mean, it's 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 like a hallucination. Like, it's in his head, but it's actually following, like, events that actually did just take place in the sense that Dooku did just go to Coruscant. Yeah. They said that they, is in this industrial area. They picked up a <clears throat> ship that entered the atmosphere without like reporting it or yeah. something like that. Now it should be known that this isn't actually going on. Like Anakin is not like on Coruscant doing these things. Um, but if you just like hopped into the episode here, you'd be like, "Oh, what's going on here? Yeah. This seems normal." It's not like some weird dark hallucination. It seems like an actual like. It vivid seems like thing it's happening on. in yeah, real time. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, they believe Dooku is there meeting with the Sith Lord and they're going to stop them. Um, and there's an interesting line here where Anakin's yeah. like, we'll make sure they don't escape. And like, Yoda's like, yep, they cannot escape. We will execute him if we must, which is an odd thing coming from Yoda. Yeah. Yoda says escape. Not if it comes to it, execute them. We must end it. Now we will. Yeah, and that's so, a very, uh, I don't know, it's a very un-Yoda thing to say, and I don't know, I think to, it has something to do with just kind of the spot he's in right now. Up until this point, Yoda has not been the Jedi that we would think would utter these words. Mace, absolutely. Yeah. Anakin, fucking right. Absolutely he yeah. would. Yoda, not so much. Uh, Yoda does change his tune pretty quick, though, oh, as yeah. we see here. Um, so they arrive at this area, and Dooku's solar sailor is there. <laughs> <laughs> guess, who's, guess who's still in the cockpit? <laughs> <laughs> Just waiting. Yep. Even even in the weird, like, fucking false, he's like, sitting, vision world. He's sitting in the cockpit with his arms, like, straight down. <laughs> Do you think he's listening to the radio or anything? He's got a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> He's listening to Radio Lab. Yeah. <laughs> but um so yeah, Anakin and the clones attack. They see them, these two, they see the two sit there. Uh Sidious has his hood up. You can't really tell who it is. You know, he's got the good hood. Um Dooku, as the clones run in to attack, Dooku uses the force lightning and literally takes out all of the clones. Oh yeah. All of them immediately taken out. Um, Anakin uses his lightsaber and jumps in and starts taking Dooku on 101. Yoda is just like slowly walking up <laughs> through the corridor. Um, Anakin quickly like gets the better of Dooku and it's a foreshadowing to Revenge of the Sith. He gets Dooku's lightsaber in his hand and puts both sabers up to his neck. And Yoda's like, 
Anakin, no. And then you see Anakin just cut Dooku's head off. It's exactly. <laughs> it's the exact same thing. Yeah. I think they even use the same exact sound effect. Yep. Um, so, yeah, big foreshadowing to Revenge of the Sith there. It is um, crazy that Yoda goes back on his, <laughs> we must execute them so quickly. Yeah. So yeah, he immediately changed his mind there. I, I don't understand that. I don't know. Anyways, um, it must have something to do with just like the battle he's waging within himself as his in this quest for knowledge in this weird like state that he's in right now. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but Yoda ends up getting in there and he ends up taking out Palpatine. But Palpatine retreats to this like catwalk on the outside of this building, and they're fighting in this catwalk in this industrial area, of course. On um, Yoda's doing his flips. They're going around Yoda versus Palps. Um, Again, it should be stated, you cannot see Palp's face. You can only see, like, his jaw, basically. Um, Production value <clears throat> and the fight itself is very good. It's a good fight. Yeah. Especially the way they animated Yoda. Like, it's, uh, they didn't they didn't do cheap on it. Like, Yoda's doing his moves, like, oh, flipping yeah. all over the place. You know, doing the attack of the clone against Dooku shit. Um, Anakin catches up and joins in the fight. Um, so we got Anakin and Yoda taking on Palpatine. Um, after a, like just a brief back and forth, um, Palpatine's gets knocked back by the force and Anakin charges in at him and Yoda's like, no, wait. And nah, um, Anakin immediately gets force choked by Palpatine, then hit with lightning. Um, Yoda begins to, uh, block the lightning and ends up knocking Palpatine off the catwalk and like a big explosion. Very similar to the explosion in Revenge of the Sith when he's fighting Palpatine, yeah. and they have that like face-off where Yoda's holding his Force lightning, and then like the it Force is, explosion. It is a very, um, it is a unique Jedi ability to absorb energy, and like we've seen it in a couple of like like there's a the trailer of I think Old Republic. It shows like a Jedi blocking a lightsaber like with their hand. Yeah, like. Vader blocking a blaster bolt with his hand. Yeah. I think it's called like Tutaminus or Tutamus or something like that. Um, it's basically like absorbing energy and channeling it or absorbing it under yeah. yourself. And so like the fact that Yoda can do it, he did it in Attack of the Clones with Dooku when he kind of like captured the lightning and, like and absorbed it almost. into his hand. Yeah. He's doing the same thing here too. Sure. Um. Yeah. And he did it in the Revenge of the Sith fight too. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's like, <clears throat> Yoda's absorbing the force lightning with his hands, and then, like, eventually there's like a force explosion, I guess, and it knocks Palpatine off the catwalk, um, but then there's like this, like, horror movie scene where all of a sudden you hear Palpatine cackling, and he's like under the catwalk, and he cuts the catwalk yeah. in half. Um, so, as the catwalk is cut in half, Anakin begins to fall off, and they're really high up in the air in this catwalk, so Yoda grabs him and holds him with the force and then he's blocking the lightning from Palpatine with his other hand um he's he's blocking with his lightsaber at this point I should say Palpatine then says let him go let him die and you can stop all that I will do and Yoda replies sacrifice all I am ready to do and Yoda drops his lightsaber he turns his lightsaber off and uses both hands to pull Anakin to safety so he's like just taking the brunt of the force lightning while he's pulling Anakin to safety. Um, it's at this point that Palpatine tries escaping and jumping off. Yoda, or he starts climbing the catwalk. 
Yoda throws his saber with a force throw. What a, <clears throat> a very rare saber throw. Yeah, we don't get much saber throws. I think the only people that we've seen do this is we saw Vader do it in Return of the Jedi, where he cuts the catwalk that Luke is standing yep. on. And then Yoda in, Re- in Revenge of the Sith, where he throws his saber into that clone's chest. Yeah, it's like a video game mechanic that we've gotten a lot, but we never really see it yeah. in live action yeah. or in animation that much. Yep. Um, but yeah, Sweet so... move. Yeah, Palpatine tries escaping by climbing up the catwalk. Um, Yoda throws the saber and cuts the catwalk off in half. And so at this point, Palpatine and Yoda are just like falling. Um, Palpatine (laughs) still covered despite like just wind hitting him in the face. Yoda cannot get a good look at his face, but they're like wrestling midair with each other. Um, eventually Palpatine just disappears into nothing and Yoda's just left with his hood. (laughs) Yoda's fighting with a robe. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, it's at this point that Yoda kind of just comes to, I guess. Um, we get to Palpatine and Dooku quick, and then we're going to get, this is going to be a longer clip. It's our longest one of the episode. Cause I think I just, there's like three consecutive scenes here that I think we can talk about. Um, but it's Palpatine and Dooku, the fallout of this little fight. Um, we get Yoda and the Force Priestess checking in, and then we get the final scene of the episode where Yoda is back at the Jedi Temple, and he is discussing things with Mace and our favorite boy, Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi. So, it's a long one. Buckle up, but we will discuss it. We have failed to break Master Yoda. He is strong. We will need more time if we are to defeat him and the Jedi. Yoda. Come back to us, Yoda. Died, have I? Anyway. Now, does my training begin? The one you know as Qui-Gon Jinn will commune with you and guide your training. Like us, you shall learn to maintain your consciousness after death. Enlightenment. Spirit. Balance. There is another. Skywalker. Council has assembled. They are eager to hear your report. Afraid. Not much there is to say of my journey. So, nothing significant happened to you out there? Yes. And no. To the end, we are coming now. Did your journey give you insight on how to win the war? No longer certain that one ever does win a war. I am. For in fighting the battles, the bloodshed. Already lost, we have. 
Yet, open to us, a path remains. That unknown for the Sith is. Through this path, victory we may yet find. Not victory in the Clone Wars, but victory for all time. is the episode and it kind of it fades with some second time we've seen it only the second clone wars episode to not end with like the blast the blast of the music <laughs> yeah. and the other episode was uh jedi lost yep. when ahsoka left the jedi order so they definitely thought this was the end of the show yep um i you know good stuff i mean i think it's a good way to leave it if this was how the show is going to end yeah I could I I definitely would want a lot more but I can see their thought process on leaving it like this. Oh yeah. <clears throat> like if they had if word was handed down to them like okay these are your last episodes like order them whatever way you want to. Yeah. But this is going to be the end like this yeah. is a fitting end. And that line in Revenge of the Sith about communing with Qui-Gon it's definitely something that they would probably want to cover. Yeah. So I think it was well, and it, like the way that I put down a note, like, oh yeah, it's no wonder that Yoda just dropped it on Obi Wan like that because they kind of dropped it on him in this yeah. episode that same way. Yep, but um, I you know I don't have a ton more to say about it other than I just I, I'm curious like. Do we have an exact timeline of when this is? Because, I mean, Palpatine, when he's talking to yeah. Dooku, he's like, we need more time. We're not ready. But Yoda is also like, we're coming up on the end here. Well, and it's like at this point, Yoda seems to be like, all right. It seems like Yoda at the end of this is completely different than Yoda at the beginning of this, where Yoda at the end of this now is like, oh, we've already lost. Like, this is like, even if we win the war, we're yeah. like doomed. Like, something different needs to happen. Yeah. Um, so I think in that sense, you know, we were talking about in the early episodes, we were just kind of like, ah, oh, they're so blind. How can they not see this stuff? I think Yoda kind of understood that, yeah, like, no matter what they did, they're going to lose. So he's got his contingency plan, though, and he's ready to push forward with it. And, you know, he does mention, like, the Sith don't know this path. And when you think about it, like, the Sith could never know this path. And it's much like Yoda said to Scythe-Odeus, and you mentioned earlier, like, the Sith are obsessed with the physical world and, the you know, everything that is directly in front of them. Yep. They just, there's no well, way the Sith could ever follow this path, because if you're following this path, then you're not a Sith. Well, and the <clears> thing <throat> that I was wondering, too, is, like, at the very end, when the Force Priestess was talking to Yoda, you heard... There's like different sound effects that start playing. She says there is another Skywalker. Yeah. You hear a baby crying. You also hear like Darth Vader breathing. You hear like machinery that sounds like an ATAT or the Empire. Like I'm wondering if like one of the things that Yoda comes away with was a bunch of. I don't think he has a clear vision of exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, but I do think he has been giving a he's been given a look at like what could happen like the possibility of a bunch of different things yeah so he's coming back a little bit more weary of just how weak the jedi truly are yeah and i think he's kind of given himself into he's i don't know we've said it a lot the jedi give themselves to the force and i think this new 
outlook Yoda has is just giving himself fully into the force and taking what comes. Um, so he's resigned to the fact that a lot of mistakes have been made and that may spell doom for them in the immediate future, but he has his path to victory in the end. So uh, that is the episode. Um, so we got off track quite a bit. Water Gremlin this, Water Gremlin that. <laughs> but what does IMDb give uh, Sacrifice? IMDb is giving Sacrifice a 9.2. Damn. It's a Strong. high one. What did I get the last one? A 9.75? Yes, you did. I don't even remember the last one that well. I, I keep forgetting these things. Oh, yeah, the Force Priestesses. I don't know. Destiny. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, this is like stuff that I really enjoy. Yep. Um, I loved to see Korriban, Moriban, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I love seeing like the Sith mausoleums, the Sith statues, the Sith architecture, the valley. Uh, I forget what it's called, but it's like this valley, and you run around in it in um, Knights of the Old Republic. I this is like the stuff that I really enjoy. I love like lore. Um, visions and such. visions and just like history ancient history in these mythological worlds that i enjoy so much like my favorite lord of the rings stuff was actually the silmarillion and um just like ancient history of these massive fantasy worlds that have been built so i loved it and reading uh the first darth bane book which i quite enjoyed um it was really cool to see Darth Bane. I, this was all just so awesome. Um, and, like, Korriban is my favorite Star Wars planet. Um, I'm going to give this the highest rating I can without giving it a perfect rating. I'm giving it a 9.99. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do the 10. <laughs> now, nah, fuck it. I'll give it. I'm giving it You're a giving 10. You're giving it a 10? I love this episode. Oh, man. I adore this episode, and it had Solar Sailor Guy. Um, it had Solar Sailor Guy. It was just a really good episode, and it for me, it, you know, I think, I don't know what the other episode I've given a 10 to is anymore. I can't remember. Lawless. Lawless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Lawless hit harder for me, but this hit me in a different way, and it's just stuff that I like to see. Yeah. It's just very unique stuff. Like, the yep. Lawless episode was just fucking animation action well, and it was obi-wan the, it was the duchess it was the culmination of like obi-wan and duchess yeah and it, it was, was it was the culmination of, of like me for five seasons talking about how much i fucking love the duchess and yes this and that. so for that it was momentous this was just like like when i'm reading a book and i'm reading about darth bane training on korriban like just the whole vibe of it just yeah. sucks me in Yep. So this episode just sucked me, and I'll give it a fucking it's ten. The, it's the same deal, like this episode. The same deal with, uh, like the most recent episode of Book of Boba Fett. Like, it's just it adds like, oh, these little things that yeah. you've heard about. Here's a shitload of context. Yeah. Like here you go. Here's some more. Yeah. For you. I love the layers. Yeah. So ten. Perfect episode. It's great. Uh, I same as last episode. I just went with a nine. All like right. I loved this episode too. But yeah. this, the whole arc itself has just been solid all the way through. Yeah. Season six was a good season. Yeah. I mean, even like the disappeared stuff, which was probably the weaker two episodes. It was still good. It was good. Yeah. It was good stuff. I mean, even, I mean, we, we've actually come to a few episodes now where Jar Jar has been heavily involved, where not bad. I'm really, like, really things hoping. Things changed after, sh during Shadow Warrior, things changed for him. I'm hoping that they can bring him back into the fold somehow and, like, make him even better. Because yeah. I feel like, like, 
at least fan wise, like people have warmed up to Jar Jar and like, oh no no no, Jar Jar's not like a joke. Yeah, I still don't love him in Phantom Menace. No, I know he still gets like grading, yeah. but I'm hoping that they can like bring him into a property and like, I don't know, give Ahmed Best a little bit of like hope, give him some shine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a good season. Yeah, I think this was our highest rated season. Pretty so sure. you've already seen like half of season seven. I've seen four episodes. I've seen the four one through four, which so is the like bad a batch third. episodes. So. Are you looking forward to season seven? Yeah, but I wasn't looking forward to immediately reviewing the Bad Batch, so I'm actually excited that we're going out of order here. Yeah. Because, um, don't get me wrong, I like those episodes, but I'm just, I've already seen them, and one of the most exciting things like going forward in this, especially into this new season now, is seeing something different. Yeah. Um, one so. of the things we should do, like, we don't have to watch the whole episode, but before we record the next episode which will be uh, Season 7, Episode 5. Um, before we record that episode, both of us should go back and watch bits and pieces of, like, one of the first episodes. Just I've to, been... Like, no, I've actually been... I Just so we can, like, recalibrate ourselves to where the animation is. I, uh... Last night, I watched Rising Malevolence. Yeah. Yep. Which I think is, like, the second or third episode. It's the one I watched was when Plo Koon was marooned in yep. the escape, escape pods. pods. Yep. And holy shit. <laughs> like, just like the mouths moving and stuff. Like, there was a scene between Anakin, Ahsoka, and Yolaren. And I just watched their mouths and I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like it, I didn't, you know, like, I, I had seen some weird oddities with the animation before. But rewatching it after I've been like hammering seasons five and six into my brain and then watching that it's jarring yeah it's jarring okay so a 10 and a nine always look on the light side of life season seven yeah that 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 that's fucking crazy how many episodes are in season seven 12 uh yeah Jeez. so man we're really coming up but on the it last here. three are like one big movie i've heard or four? Yes. Was four? Yeah. The Siege of Mandalore. We're watching that thing together. Oh. I'm coming over on a Saturday. We are recording and you watching. You know we owe the Discord still? We owe them the high watch of the Crystal Crisis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have and to do that. We'll do point. that, too. Okay. Yeah. Okay, light side moment of the episode. I, I just got to go with Moribond, Corb. I'm going to continue to call it Corbin. That's what it is to me. But... Just the the design of it was fucking awesome in scale. It felt big. It felt desolate and void of life, but also just this awful presence. Even when like even when the like the aberrations were popping up to you, when even when Yoda's just walking, I was just like, "Fuck, dude, he's surrounded, man." Yeah, he's surrounded by darkness, but there's nothing there. It's this abandoned planet. But they did such a good job of conveying the just core evilness of this planet like it is just steeped in the dark side i fucking thought korriban was perfectly executed what do you got uh my light side i went with uh yoda insidious time like the only time that we get yoda yeah. insidious together actually communicating is in revenge of the sith when he like confronts him sure this is the only other time where they're like face to face and actually like communicating and i like wish we had more of that like, it would be interesting if they did have, like, more seasons after this. Mm -hmm. 
if they dropped a little bit of that in like Yoda kind of like putting pieces together and like trying to like salvage what is already lost. Yeah. Like it would be cool to get more time with Yoda and Sidious together. Yeah. That would be cool. Um, all right. So that's your light side. We need a dark side. If you only knew the power of the dark side. All right. Uh, dark side moment of the episode. There's a lot of cool shit in here. Um, I guess dark side for me is the image of Sifo-Dyas, like, chained up. And um, Granted, it was just, like, an image that was being projected by Pelps to Yoda, but I don't know, man. Like, it, it just kind of brought me back to, like, the death of sifo and the fact that, like, they never even, like, bothered to, like, look into anything. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> and, it's, and the poor assistant that's been eating yeah. cockroaches. <laughs> yeah. Like, time. I mean, if that was actually sifo uh, you could get him together with the fucking assistant. They would have a hell of a time being insane together from yeah. just being these, like, just forgotten recluses that were just allowed to rot sifo so I'm just going to go with just seeing old sifo there chained up, just not having a great time. Um, luckily, he was put out of his misery a long time ago, but it, it just reminded me that, like, man, there were some fucking fumbles along the yeah. way. But it is what it is. What do you got? Uh, my dark side is just hearing Yoda talking about, like, no, we got to kill these motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, just... Like, without any qualms, just like, yeah. nope, we're ending this. We need to kill them now. Yeah. Like, Yoda's been the shining beacon of light in the fact that yeah, it's, it's reached very a odd, point. though, because literally a minute later, he's telling Anakin, no, don't kill yeah, I Dooku. know. It's very confusing. <clears throat> I don't know. It's him kind of, I think it's him waffling in his dream state or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, yeah. He's being tested by Sidious and Dooku, so. Yeah, and... You know, he's to believe, you know, I mean, he he's he's aware that he is in Korriban and he is like traveling through on this journey. But like he's taken out. It's like it's like he's in a he's in like sort of like a peyote induced trip or something. But it's like a super clear trip. Like, so he knows he took the drugs, but he's also convinced that it's real at the same time. Like he's got. I like, feel it's like very easy for him to the way that Dooku and Sidious are like kind of interfering with Yoda. I think they have to kind of like bring him into reality on their end as well in order to like at least that's the way I'm interpreting it. Yeah. So that's yeah. Sure. Alrighty. <laughs> Thank you, Rex. Oh yeah. You gotta get it up. Season six. It's over cheap butter! Meat! Meat! Cheap butter! Cheap butter! Mandate, watch season seven. Get it on! Mandate, I'm being canceled! Man, that guy got canceled on Twitter today. (laughs) 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 That guy got dragged. Last I looked, he lost like 150 followers. It's fucking awesome. That's funny stuff. Oh, well. Homophobes getting their comeuppance. Yeah. I'm kind of game for that. Maybe, uh, you know, just let people live their life and yeah. stop worrying about it so much there, buddy. Anyways. All right. Dark Mandy. Horse. Hero of the episode. Mandy must declare Dark Horse. Dennis Prager. Dennis Prager is my Dark Horse. Just kidding. Um, Dark Horse Hero of the episode. 
I'm going to go for the fucking real estate agent that sold Palpatine the fucking warehouse. <laughs> if that guy is still alive, that guy or gal or robot or whatever is still alive, man, more power to him. Because I got to assume that Pelps bought that place and then just, like, off them. Like, oh, yeah. It's hilarious that he has, like, a Sith temple in the middle of fucking a Coruscant industrial area. Very strange. Urban industrial. Uh, yeah. The pitch. High ceilings and yeah. just moved in through and I could see statues. me in my old book days just like dropping off books at like various places and like going into Pelp's warehouse. They're like, hey, I'm selling books. Do you mind if I leave these here for a week? And <laughs> <laughs> sure, just throw them in back and I walk in back and it's like a Sith fucking temple <laughs> sacrifice area bullshit. You know, like what the fuck? So yeah, I'm going with the fucking real estate agent that sold him that prime piece of property and kept it a secret. Um, also, the Solar Sailor Pilot. <laughs> I wish we had a name for the guy. Not, and I, I don't want his droid designation. I want a fucking name. Yeah. Steve. <laughs> it's old Steve. Solar Sailor Steve. Anyways, what do you got for Dark Horse? My Dark Horse, you already kind of alluded to it. Uh, little hint. My Dark Horse involves a... The show, yeah. chauffeur droid yeah. of the solar sailor. Man, he was talking he was, to me. He was showing us something. God, he fucking He came rocks. in. He wasn't even moving. Just plugged in. Just yeah. knew exactly how to land that guy. He's talking to us. It was Talk so to me. Yeah. Talk to me. <laughs> He's talking to us. Talk to me. God, you know what? I think he deserves now it. Now it's over. Yeah. Solar Sailor Pilot Steve. Alrighty, man. That guy fucking rocks. Alright, all star of the episode, R2 Detoa. Um now R2, when they arrive on Korriban, he immediately hops out of Yoda's little mini Jedi interception. He's ready to go. He's ready to go. He's he like, God bless R2. He wants to go with Yoda and help. But Yoda's like, you stay here. You do your thing. And so he could have just gone back in the ship. Doesn't and just, just jump in. No. He puts up the fucking radar and scans for shit. Because R2's a busy bee. He's got to keep an eye he out. He wants to work, baby. He wants to work. Like, I think meritocracy is bullshit. But if meritocracy is the thing, R2 is a billionaire, right? I, I took a picture of this the last time I was at Nerdin' Out. I alluded to it the last time we talked about this, but... That's your uh, special edition R2. That's your six scale. Look at that now, guy. if I was going to spend $220 on an R2, you know what I would be getting? Oh. The Lego set. That is true. Yeah. Cheap butter. But it is the ultimate R2. That is pretty good. <laughs> the Black Series six scale R2. Yep. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Who do you got for an all-star? Absolutely R2-D2. How could it be yeah. anyone else? I know. And it's just <clears throat> anytime he uses the rocket boosters to get in and out of a ship. Yeah. Just adds to it. His rocket boosters must have been broken in the original trilogy. That's they gotta explain that yeah. at some point. What the fuck's Luke doing? He can clean the grime off him and shit, but he doesn't bother giving his boosters back. Yeah, come on, Luke. What if at some point in the Mandalorian series, when Mando goes back to find Grogu, and he starts talking to Luke, R 2s there, and like. R2 does rocket boosters, and Luke is like, where the fuck is this coming from? You've had rocket boosters this whole time? <laughs> Why didn't you let us know? Yeah. We picked you up out of the sands of Tatooine after Barge exploded. That'll be fun stuff. Eat cheap butter. All I right. I beg your pardon, but what do you mean, naked? 
My parts are showing. My goodness. <laughs> of all um i'm gonna give it to snake conglomerate um <laughs> all those snakes that got together and talked shit to yoda they is some funky looking guys yeah like a bunch of worms they knew how to coordinate and they had little eyes yeah it was cool so yeah um snake i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with sith snake weird hallucination thing yeah yeah sith snakes sith snake baby and they did this thing where they like uh, also, shout out to the uh, the uh, the fucking wizard Sith ghosts. Yeah, because they like ran into Yoda as they were deciding to leave. They like they're like hitting him. <laughs> they dissipate. Yeah. yeah. So I'm giving uh, them an honorary one, but I'm giving the big Sith, Sith snake guy. There you go. Who do you got? <laughs> I had to go with Dooku. Yeah. I thought about giving it to the Death Eater Siths, but. The way that Dooku just, like, appeared with a brand new outfit out of nowhere. The, the Dooku in this, it's like when you are playing Mortal Kombat and you select the same character that you're going up against. And it's just, like, your outfit is slightly different. Yes. It's like that's the way that Dooku presented himself in this episode. True. Yeah. Dooku is really showing us something. It's, like, still true to Dooku, but just slightly different. I like the floral design. Yeah. Whatever the fuck that is. And the weird epaulets and yeah. shoulder pads that he has. Yep. It's weird. weird stuff. Wild. Wacky stuff. All righty. So we got something we haven't done in a while. <laughs> Okay, so if you're new to the show, you probably haven't heard this one yet. Yeah. Uh, this started off as me trying to guess who voiced Palpatine originally, which turned out to be Ian Abercrombie of Seinfeld fame, yep. Mr. Pitt. Um, but every now and then when we have a uh, person of note who Adam thinks I may either know their name or know something they're famous for, uh, we decide to uh, try to guess. So I'm going to be guessing for who again? Darth Bane. Darth Bane. Okay, does this person... Vo I get How many hints do I get? We haven't known in a while. Yeah, well, this one you get as many as you want. Yeah, but that... Uh, is it Phil Lamar? No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> he is sprinkled through the Clone Wars. Yeah, though. he really is. Um, is it... Are they famous for another Clone Wars role? Clone Wars role? No. Is it Tim Curry? No. Oh. Clone Wars role? No. How about a Batman the Animated Series role? Yes. Is it Kevin Conroy? No. Fuck. Is it Mark Hamill? Yes, it is. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mark Hamill, apparently, uh, I saw an interview with Dave Filoni, and he said that, like, early on in Clone Wars, Mark Hamill came in, like, not to record a voice, but just came in to, like, watch, like, sure. the animation and, like, voice recording and stuff. And Mark Hamill, like, leaned over to Dave Filoni and was like, so what am I going to be in one of these things? And... Dave Filoni was like, fuck, Mark wants to be in one of these. I have to, like, find the perfect yeah. role. And this came up, and he was like, oh, this is perfect. And so he got Mark to come in and 
do the voice for Darth Bane. God, Mark Hamill rocks, man. And Dave Filoni, too, is like, it, I thought it was perfect. Like, Mark Hamill being, like, the pinnacle of, like, this is what a light side Jedi should be. Like, have him come in and record for Darth Bane. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that Filoni said that I think is so fucking cool is he said, I had Mark record Darth Bane with two different directions. I told him to do it one way, and he did it perfectly. And then I was like, I'm assuming that way it was like super dark and like a lot of bass to the voice and foreboding. And the other way was like slightly lighter, lighter, but more like menacing. Mm -hmm. And he said when they did the Darth Bane voice, they took both of the recording tracks and just put them on top of each other. Yeah, I noticed there was like... So when you hear Darth Bane, it's actually two separate tracks of Mark Hamill reading the lines. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, that's awesome. I love Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill's so cool. He really is. He fucking owns it, man. He owns Star Wars, man. How awesome would it be to that to be that guy? Because like after after Return of the Jedi, yeah, I'm assuming he would like want to go into other roles, but kind of was like pigeonholed and like for the longest time. I think that he didn't get much work, but like survived on royalties and stuff. And now he's had this like fucking renaissance where he's yeah. been elevated to superstardom. His voice acting is fucking superb. Oh my, I mean, his voice acting as the Joker incredible. is the best Joker. Yeah. And the fact that he did it for the Arkham series was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, it's fucking rules. Like I love the Joker. He came back for the killing joke. Uh, and yeah, he did. did you watch yep. that? Yep. Um, yeah, I love him as a Joker. I just love Mark Hamill. Like, I, I love people that don't get their head too big for, you know, the role. Like, I, I don't, one, I don't understand how people do get that kind of idea about some of these roles. Like, you know, if they're in this, like, big science fiction franchise and then they suddenly think they're too good for it or something like that. It's like, this franchise is bigger than you could ever be. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that like anybody off the top of my head in Star Wars really treats it that way, but you know, being a Star Trek fan, there's certain people that kind of look down yeah. on their work there. And I'm sure, you know, um, Alec Guinness, I wouldn't say he completely shit on Star Wars, but he definitely kind of shit on Star Wars. I don't think he understood the yeah. gravity of what he was in. No. Um, but Mark Hamill is somebody that really understands that gravity. Yeah. Um, and I, that's another reason I love Patrick Stewart so much. Like yeah. Patrick Stewart, this like shakespearean actor and he just fully embraces picard well it also it just comes to like i I appreciate anyone that just doesn't take themselves too seriously yeah and i think mark hamill is a perfect example of that too like immensely talented but still humble enough to like joke around and stuff yeah you've seen the uber eats commercial with mark hamill and patrick stewart right oh of course that's my favorite commercial Ah, uh, just a couple guys sitting around. Yeah, let's all enjoy a chew, huh? Uh, enjoying a chew. Yeah. Now, see, this is what the holidays are all about. Three buddies sitting around chewing gum, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's the best line. Okay, so that is your Who Are You? I, I was excited that we got a Who Are You again. It's been a while. Maybe season seven since it's been like a six-year, five-year gap. Maybe we'll get some real good home runs in although, the Who Are You section. Although D. Bradley Baker's really going to be running the gambit for yeah, he really most is. of that yeah. season. Man, he's got it locked down. <laughs> um, I am curious. Maybe we'll get some deaths. We've maybe. been a while since we've had death, too. Death of the week, you know? 
We need to get... I, I missed some of these. It was good to hear that again. Okay. Uh, we got anything else? Got the tagline. Yep. Let's do it. <laughs> Let it play, baby. It's time for a little bit of an upgrade, a little facelift on this segment, don't you think? Yeah. Okay. So what's our tagline for this episode? For sacrifice, we have facing all that you fear will free you from yourself. Yeah. And your prediction was Yoda is going to wake up inside. He did. He did. He really did. He says this is going to be the final rebirth of Yoda as he is now a learner once again. And he will fully embrace the learning. Yeah, he has. He's embraced. He's a, he's a, he's a newborn child in a new world of the Force. He's opening, to him. he is opening himself up to all the possibilities that he never considered to be uh, fathomable f- before. And it's true. It I is. mean, it, I mean, we started this arc with him being like, "That's impossible." Qui Gon. He can... was very confident. Yes, and stalwart. Yes. Okay. Oh, what are our tagline on the next one? Next episode, we have: If there is no path before you, create your own. Yeah, yeah. And you already told me is not the Bad Batch arc. I think we're going to finally figure out what Ahsoka's been up to. Okay. She's forging her own path. And I'm very excited to see Ahsoka again. That has to be the... Like, the fact that I get to watch Season 7 right after Season 6 doesn't make it seem so awful that she only appeared in, like, a weird vision that Yoda had. Yeah. But if you're an Ahsoka fan, which I am, I named my fucking dog Ahsoka, if I had to wait five years to figure, like, this shit out... Um, I mean, there is an E.K. Johnston book that is canon that I will read. But, I mean, um, not everybody reads the novels, and that's okay. Uh, Adam's not much of a reader. But <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, that's a long time to be like, what the fuck did she do after she left? You know, like, what, what the fuck's Ahsoka up to? So I think it's going to be Ahsoka. I could be horribly wrong, and maybe I'll be disappointed. But that's my prediction. What's the next episode again? The next episode, we're going out of air order again. So this is season seven, episode five. Once or gone with a trace. Gone with a trace. Season seven, episode five. Thinking about that too, like the last last true Clone Wars episode was uh, The Wrong Jedi. Which aired uh, 2013, March second, two thousand thirteen, and then the the rest of them didn't air until March seventh, two thousand fourteen. And if you had been watching that entire time mm-hmm. and were wondering like what's happening with Ahsoka, mm-hmm. you go through the entire sixth season with like no update on Ahsoka. All you saw was just Yoda being like, oh, "I'm, you know, just hallucinating, really." Yeah. Fucking cool, man. Fucking cool. So, so I'm looking forward to this. Season 7, Episode 5, Gone yep. with a Trace. So, so heads up, if you're watching along with us, we are getting out of order again. Doing that funky stuff. For Gullet, we'll know the truth. Oh, man. All righty. Yeah, let's all enjoy a chew, huh? Now, see, this is what the holidays are all about. Three buddies sitting around chewing gum, huh? <laughs> All right, Adam. 
Where hey, can the listeners reach us? You can always send us an email. We are at clonecastpod at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at clonecastpod. Uh, reach out if you want to join the Discord. There's a lot of talk going on there. Yeah, that's, uh, if you're into the Book of Boba Fett, uh, people seem to oh, enjoy yeah. chatting that up. Um, yeah, so yeah. there's a Book of Boba Fett channel that gets a little action. Uh, if you can review, that would always help us out. Yeah. We always appreciate that. Tell a friend, and uh, we will see you next time for Gone with a Trace. Until then, may the Kintik Hudsuka be with you. What's a Kintik Hudsuka? Oh, is that the words that Palps was saying when he was doing his incantation on the birdbath? I think he's speaking Ukrainian. Oh, Eastern European. Yapatata. They're massing on the border. <laughs> and it's lucky for me you understand.